Noon Hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Greetings from Fort Collins, Colorado. As uh, Utah State picks up the win last night, they'll be playing Colorado State coming up on Saturday, but we're just staying out on the road, Hans. And uh, instead of coming back from Laramie, Instead, took the drive south, and we're here in Fort Collins. You're back in Salt Lake City. How you doing, buddy? Well, I kind of feel like I do this show with Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> I'm always Where wondering in the world. <laughs> I'm always wondering, where's my buddy today? I'm always hoping you're not on the side of a road somewhere being helped by somebody that has bad intentions for you. And I, you know, I worry about you, but you got, uh, you got the four calling safe. Everything is okay. Yep. yep. Uh, late game last night and thought, you know, I could stay in Laramie for another day. Um, but then I thought, yeah, Fort Collins sounds kind of nice. So drove last night after the game, got here pretty early this morning, and uh, it's not a bad drive. Uh, it's pretty easy. And, uh, yeah, so got here at the hotel about 1, 1.30 a.m., and here we go. Let's do it. I'm, I'm fired up. Everything good back there? Looks like the weather's starting to kick in a little bit over there, right? Yeah, we're getting some weather here. Weather holding up okay out there? Or oh, yeah. Did you drive yeah. through some stuff? Uh, the only thing I drove through was a little bit of fog, but other than that, it was perfect. I mean, I, I don't want to jinx it, but it is sunny. Uh, it was really good weather in Laramie, which is unheard of in February and it's good weather here. So, uh, I'll be driving back after uh, the game on Saturday and I'm sure that's when it'll hit and I'll get blown up with that. But honestly, I, I feel incredibly lucky for sure. So yeah, not, no complaints whatsoever. Was that D Brown's best game of his Utah State Aggie career? Uh, that was uh, a complete game, yeah. No, that was – and they needed every every point. 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Uh, he played 39 minutes. And, you know, I, I'm kind of curious about this too because they were talking a lot about altitude. When you came to Wyoming – because, like, you know, look, Logan, Provo, I mean, you're, what, 5,200 feet? I mean, it's – you know, we're up there, but – a lot of those players were really having a hard time. Now you go up to a mile high, 7,200 feet. It, when you played in, in Laramie, did you feel an elevation issue at all? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> yeah. I and, and it didn't matter how much I tried to act like I didn't. I felt it. And it was like the air was thinner and the smell was worse and the, the wind was colder and things cut a little more and fans were meaner and everything was more personal. It it was just a really tough place to, to try to survive. And, and there's no question. The air always felt thinner to me. And Lavelle used to say, it doesn't matter. You won't feel it. And I felt it. Yeah, I just uh, I had I had several players bring it up to me and they were substitute. A lot of these players were substituting liberally more so than usual and I was like you know and look look I'm no athlete obviously so you know I you know I'm 
I I had a hard time being like, well, you know, if you're coming from San Diego, I could see that, but from Logan, maybe not. But oh. you're telling me no, it's a, it's a real deal. It was the real deal for me, but as you've learned over the years, I'm just mentally weak and could not talk myself into feeling otherwise. I, I hated it, hated everything about it, um, and I I feel a little bit Max Hollish towards Wyoming about the whole thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> because it was it was miserable i could feel it in my lungs i wow. just i just look at this utah state team and i'm starting to ask my myself what what is this team what are they all about 21 and 4 they're 93 in a very good conference they just got a nice win against wyoming on the road i i guess how much does colorado state teach us coming up here soon? uh that's gonna be huge that's gonna be an absolutely huge game i mean colorado state they're coming off a loss to san diego state aggie's got them in logan but uh that game in Fort Collins is sold out. Uh, it's going to be loud, and it's going to be nasty. It's going to be a rough environment for sure. So that is going to be a real um, telltale sign on where this team is. you know. And if they get the win, then I'm like, okay, that's, that's incredible. Um, and if they lose that game, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker. They'll be predicted to lose. Uh, Vegas will have them as underdogs going into that game. So it won't be the end of the world if they lose. But, boy, if they win, whew, watch out. Let's go. Great Osborne had 20 points and 14 rebounds, three assists, two block shots, two steals in that yeah. game against Colorado State in Logan. So you got to imagine that Colorado State's probably all kinds of primed up, and you know they're going to be focusing on Osborne. They're going to be taking it out on him, making sure that he doesn't beat them. So it's probably going to take another D. Brown or another uh, – and False Love was really good in that game too. But False Love, when Lloyd and I came up the other night – that first half with Falstaff was like, geez, who is that guy? Yeah. He might need to be that guy in Fort Collins coming up on Saturday night. But excited to see Utah State, see if they can keep putting things together because this has got to be fun for you. So it's an absolute blast. There's no doubt about it. And you got BYU doing what they're doing as well. Um, you'd love to see Utah turn things around, and I certainly think they're capable of it. But uh, I, I do think there is a really strong chance if BYU and Utah State, if they finish the season strong and they both have, you know, top five, top six seeds in the NCAA tournament, which I think is really realistic at this point. I think one of those teams, I don't know which one, but I think one of those teams will be playing first and second round games in Salt Lake City. Oh, I think man. there's a really strong chance of that. Could you imagine that? I mean, first of all, what an advantage for them that that would yeah. be. And secondly, oh, hey, by the way, there are teams that get that type of advantage. It would be nice to see one of the teams in our st state finally get an advantage of like that. That would be really nice. Yeah. But, Scotty, BYU's finish is brutal. they got to finish number 12, Baylor, at home. Kansas State on the road. Kansas on the road. TCU at home. Number 10, Iowa State on the road. And then they finish with Oklahoma State at home. But they've got – Oklahoma State coming up this weekend on the road. That's a tough, tough finish on on seven games. And you'll wonder how they can, you know, I look through that seven games. If they finish three and four, even in that seven games, that'll hold them in a pretty decent seating, I think, three yeah. and four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the four losses being against maybe Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State, and then Maybe you take one of the Oklahoma State games or a TCU game in there. But 
Yeah, if they get out of that thing three and four, I think they'll still be in a, a decent holding. Well, and 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 you're right. If they hold that number, the thing that's really working for them in their favor is their computer numbers, which are just ridiculous. I mean, they're I don't know what their net number is, but I think they're still like top 12, top 13 in Ken Palm numbers. Um, and so that that is what's been really working well for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, BYU has a chance to have a really special seed and it would be great if they could if they could uh, make a little bit of a run in the uh, Big 12 tournament. They don't need to win it. But uh, they, you know, if they can make the semifinals in the Big 12 tournament, then, yeah, four or five seed, certainly well within the range of possibility for them. Absolutely. All right. We got a busy show. Uh, it's your jazz preview show. Craig Bullerjack will join us at 1 o'clock. Tim Lacombe will join us at 2 o'clock. So let's get to it. Starting the lineup right now. This is Hanson Scotty G. Is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for your starting lineup. All right, Hands, uh, big news coming today. We knew that uh, the Miller family was going all in on the power district and boy are they ever you look at some of the details coming in as to what they are doing and what they're putting together it is just an incredible gesture and an incredible investment we're looking at 3.5 billion dollars hands in what the millers are looking to put together and what that power district could look like including a major league baseball ballpark it is a fantastic uh, venture in what they're uh, putting together at this point. It is. It's really nice. And the rendering, the renderings that they released today, there was a video. It's about a seven, eight-minute video that I watched. The video is great. Uh, it, if you want to go check out this video, feel free. If you want to just take a look at the renderings, I did post uh, four pictures. You can go check them out at 975Hants. Again, that's <clears throat> at 975Hants on x and you can see four of the pictures of the more detailed vision of what the millers want to bring to the power district so a couple of things that really stood out to me number one they want to really feature the jordan river and they want to make it a river walk and they want to highlight it uh, build paths on both sides and kind of emphasize the fairgrounds as well as emphasizing the new stadium, but kind of reshaping and re-imaging what that river is in that area. Um, I thought that the video really went into detail with that, Scotty. And, you know, you hear all of our different politicians, whether you like them or you don't, our, our different politicians are on that video. And the nice thing is they're all in favor and they're all proactively working towards building up this area and bringing in this Major League Baseball team and coming together to support the Millers in their venture and their efforts. And that's all important. That's all very important. But you can watch the video. You see them talking about some of the buildup. The other thing is, and Scotty, I know that you jump over to that area, the west side a little bit, and I jump over to the west side a little bit. I love going to the fair every single year. 
I go hit the red iguana uh, three, four times a year. I do love it. It's one of my favorite places. I, I know it can be just a, a little bit overrun and maybe a little overhyped, but it's it's good. And when you go over to that side, when you go to the west side, you, you see the different ethnic groups. And it is it is a wide variety. And one of our politicians was talking on the video and said, you know, not too many years ago, one in 10 Utahns was ethnic. Now it's one in four Utahns that are ethnic. So they really want to highlight what that side has brought to the state of Utah, which is variety and flavor and flair and uniqueness and diversity and all those great things that make up that area. And they really want to highlight it and improve it. Um, the renderings show a beautiful stadium. It, it is an open-air stadium. And, Scotty, I, I know that you've looked at the pictures as well. Yep. I'm sure you've got some opinions on, on what they're building and, and what that area is going to look like. It just – it. I mean, look, if this comes to fruition, which – and how many times, Hans, do you – you know, you're at maybe a, a party or you're at a grocery store, you're, you know – grabbing a, a hot dog at a gas station and somebody comes up and recognizes you and say, hey, you know, listen to the show. And 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 then the next question is, hey, do you really think this baseball thing's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I get asked that all the time. Yeah. And my answer is, I don't know. Uh, you know, I remember when, uh, when the rumors started to come out and then we started to, you know, hear about the plans, and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if this is actually going to happen. And then when you talk to Steve Starks, and we've had him on several times, and you get his vision, and I've, you and I have known Steve for a long time, uh, privately, uh, professionally. Uh, we consider him a good friend. We've been with him socially several times. One thing about Steve Starks, and, and again, I'm not blowing smoke here. It's just who he is as an individual is the fact that when this guy sinks his teeth into something, it usually happens. I mean, it's just that's that's how it usually goes. Same thing with Ryan Smith, and that's why I believe NHL is going to be here as well. There are certain individuals that just have such a level of persuasion and are such a force of nature that when they really want to get something accomplished, they find ways to get it done. And when Steve Stark says, I firmly believe we can make this happen, and this is our plan, this is what we're putting together, I have a hard time imagining this not happening. And then when I see these renderings and I see the work and the effort and Beautiful. the time yeah. and 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 what this will mean to that part of the city is just incredible. And I do look, you know, I travel a lot and I always try to arrange my travel so that I'm able to come in after a game and fly in early in the morning and so I can do the show. Let's say, you know, I call a game on Wednesday night. And then I take a 6 a.m. flight so that I can be there for the show. And so I'll drive that. And I forget the name of the road, but it essentially takes you from, you know, the airport from, you know, that parking area uh, by Redwood. And you can just take it and it takes us right to the KSL building. And and that's that's right through the power district. That's right where the stadium is going to be. And so I'm looking every time I drive now, making that drive into into our our studios and I'm like, okay, that's where the stadium's going to be. There's the smokestacks. That's where it's going to look like. And yeah. I'm just thinking yeah. the transformation of that area is just going to be remarkable. And you're right. There's a lot of history in that part. There's a lot of 
uh, culture in that part of town and to be able to accentuate that with a beautiful stadium and a beautiful downtown or a beautiful area that people can go and get incredible food options and entertainment options and catch a baseball game. I mean, it's going to be magical. Yeah. It, it'll literally be just a magical addition to, to the Valley. And yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, it will. And you, you know, there's the, some of the pictures that I tweeted out, one of the, one of my favorite pictures is the aerial view that is backed up and it would be a view as if the camera was kind of southeast and it's taking a picture towards the northwest. And as you look at that picture towards the northwest, you can see the airport in the background. You can see our new fairgrounds that we just built and our new radio <clears throat> rodeo bleachers that are an absolute blast. I, I go out to the Days of 47 Rodeo every single year. And I love those fairgrounds, and I know that they've got a historical. Um, they've got a historical value because every time I take my dad out there, he's like, "Yeah, I remember coming out to these fairgrounds when I was just seven, eight years old," and and so they're very historical in in reference to um, many of Utahns that grew up in this area. So it's important to them, and it's just beautiful with the the Jordan River that separates the two and the the stadium is an open end stadium that faces out right towards Tempanogos. It's kind of projected Scotty to face towards Tempanogos and then face towards our, our beautiful Salt Lake uh, skyline and, and the mountains behind it. And so I just look at these renderings and, and it excites me. You know, there are some things that worry me. I, I worry that it prices some people out of certain areas and runs some people out of certain areas. And, I, and I'm sure that's a concern of our politicians, and I'm sure that's a concern of the Millers, and I'm sure that they're going to try to take great um, great strides in making sure that they don't do that. But that's one thing that, that does worry me a little bit, because when you look at this, it looks rich. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really wealthy yeah, yeah. And, and really sharp. But that west side has always needed something just a little bit more for all of those communities to be able to grab onto and relate with. Yeah, and uh, I'm fired up, Hans. I, I mean, look, I understand we had uh, uh, Bob Nightingale on the other day, and he thinks that, you know, they'll probably make an announcement on expansion here the next year, maybe two years. So around 2026 is probably when they'll make the announcement. It'll take three years to build up an infrastructure and a stadium and everything else. So we're looking at first pitch. If it does happen, maybe in April of 2029, probably April of 2030. So that makes me a little sick to my stomach to think that you and I are six, still six years away from this potentially happening. But boy, if it does happen, my goodness, how great is this going to be? I mean, just I can't wait. I just I, I, I want this to be tomorrow. I want this to start right now. I do too, man. And, you know, I feel bad because yesterday there was a bit of doom and gloom. And I, I don't feel as good about its potential today as I did maybe last week. Yeah. Because I don't like what's happening with the A's. I don't like the fact that they're back in renegotiations with Oakland in an attempt to stay in Oakland. I wanted them to get out separate and i wanted vegas to start building and have that all wrapped up and done 
because then I thought, okay, now expansion goes. But the way the Oakland A's are drifting around right now, it just worries me. Like I said yesterday, Scotty, I do not want to see them get a deal done with Oakland to to build a stadium and to stay there like the Vegas mayor uh, suggested. I don't want to see that because I think that really curtails what the Miller Group is trying to do with its purchase and its build here. So I'm I'm still extremely optimistic, but after learning that Vegas is trying to flex and Oakland is maybe a little bit more open to negotiation to keep them there to continue the money, that those things worry me. I just want those things to get straightened out as quickly as possible. Yeah. All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone. Jazz with a loss last night. We'll get into the Jazz preview show with Craig Bullerjack coming up at 1 o'clock. And then at 2 o'clock, we'll chat with uh, Tim Lacombe. Uh, but, Hans, uh, I'm here in Colorado. You are back in studio. And our buddy Dave hanging out with us as well. Yeah, we got Dave Nellis hanging out in studio with us and America First Credit Union. And, Dave, you've brought me in a very nice Arctic mug which I love. This thing is beautiful, man. It's got the America First Credit Union logo on it. Well, I brought that for you because when you were at our uh, grand opening of our Eagle Mountain branch, I wasn't sure that you got one. And I wanted to tell you thank you for coming out and supporting us in that great community and reward you for your presence. I did not get this, and I'm excited to have it. And that was awesome. Uh, The Saratoga Springs branch, or sorry, the Eagle Mountain branch opened up. And it's just right downtown Eagle Mountain City Center. And it's beautiful big open windows that point out towards the mountains and you know what's cool is the the people that you guys have in place from the higher ups all the way down to some of the people that be working behind the desks just good people we do have an excellent management team and they've got really great vision they've got a great balance of high tech and high touch and that translates into the products and services that we have but also the branches that we build and so i love their vision and you're right, that translates all the way down to the people who are working locally at that branch and just super excited to be in that community. How's Eagle Mountain receiving it? Oh, they love it. They, yeah. they are glad that we're there. We've had a lot of people come into the branch. We had some great promotions for those who went into the branch and um, some good giveaways, but very well received. We're grateful to be in that community. Well, I'm excited to have you guys down there as well. And, you know, that's really what originally brought me to America First Credit Union was the accessibility. It was the convenience of it. And I know that's why you guys continue to build, make it more convenient for your people. Yeah, it was Saratoga Springs that was your closest, and it now was. this this branch is significantly, like seven or eight minutes closer to you. It so, is. It yeah. is. Because it was inconvenient having to drive a full 12 minutes, so it's nice to have it just five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's funny. You know, 12 minutes down to seven, that's great. You know, but we love being in that downtown area. It's a, it's a great community, a great development, and... You know, speaking with some of the leaders down there, Eagle Mountain is only about a third built out. So there's another two-thirds of that development, and we're proud to be a part of that. Well, America First Credit Union, you can find the location close to you at AmericaFirst.com. We're going to be talking about rates. We're going to be talking about events because America First Credit Union has had some incredible events. Hey, I just wanted to say before we go on this one, nice commercial, man. You knocked it out of the park during the Super Bowl. That was an exciting, exciting time to be able to showcase um, a wonderful commercial. And love to talk about that. Love to showcase that to people. And if you haven't seen it, go to AmericaFirst.com. Tell me that was your idea. Well, I can't take credit for that. We have a a fantastic team that came up with some brilliant stuff. But I will tell you that 
um, almost all of those elements and the design and the artistic stuff and just everything was created in-house. We have some very talented people, and we're very proud of that commercial. AmericaFirst.com. Go see why I love them. Go see why so many people love them. It's America First Credit Union at AmericaFirst.com. Dave, thanks. Thanks. Great to be here. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. I was just telling Jake when I got on that you guys are usually in a better mood towards the end of the show, you know. And <laughs> I remember when I was a younger coach doing the early morning parts. You guys a little bit more ornery, especially PK, you know. So I'm, I'm glad to be on the prime spot with you guys, and I'm going to enjoy this interview. Oh, he's giving me up. I've already enjoyed the interview. I think Kalani's work here is done. I just mentioned that earlier this week, and PK lost his mind. I am not. That, that was back then. The point I'm making because I can be just as crotchety now. No, I think you're in a bad mood now because it's not golf weather right now. But if, <laughs> as soon as the weather picks up and moves on, we can open the golf courses. We will get PK at his best. This guy knows me. He's, he's dropping truth bombs left and right here. This is Kalani's psychological profile of PK. Spot on. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all having a great uh, Thursday. Week's almost over, Hans. And we'll have the All-Star break coming up, a chance to regroup, relax a little bit, let these dudes uh, get healed up a bit. We'll talk about the Jazz a little bit more extensively. But I'll tell you what, no LeBron and the Jazz still get kind of roughed up last night. Not good. Not good at all. No, it's not. You know. The names that roughed them up makes you wonder and worry just a little bit. And I, I know the Lakers still have great talent, even without LeBron James out there. Anthony Davis is a perennial all-star and an amazing talent. But then you look at it, and you're like, all right, but is he 37 and 15 on a given yeah. night? Amazing. Well, I guess when LeBron James isn't on the court, yeah. But 138 points from the Lakers without LeBron James, are they that? Well, maybe, but probably shouldn't be. You know, I, I don't exactly want to see Rui Hachimura get his shot in the starting lineup and go off for 36 points. Nope. And, you know, I watched this game. I actually watched it last night, and then I watched it a little bit more close this morning. Um, they do, uh, and for those of you that haven't seen it, there's a YouTube cut up on these NBA games that get released the morning after that it's just rapid fire. Um, important points. It's about 10 minutes. It's pretty truncated. And you, you can you can slow it up. You can watch it, take some cuts, take some ideas from it. And this morning when I, when I was just kind of reflecting and going back on it, you know, you're, you're watching it and you're thinking, okay, there's, there's a lot there to improve on. There's a lot there to improve on. And I was watching Keontae George get blown by a couple of times by, you know, two or three different suspects. Austin Reeves, who 
You, you know, I, I know that he's tricky, and I, I know that you've got to worry about him pulling up for the three, and you've got to close differently. But watching Austin Reeves blow by Keontae George when Keontae didn't close over when you needed that help defense, you're like, that's that's got to be better. And Walker Kessler was just outside the paint as Reeves is blowing by uh, Keontae George, and Kessler is not dropping the right hip, and he's not moving fast enough to try to make up the ground, which we used to see Rudy do. You know, Scotty, back in the day mm-hmm. when we when when we would watch Rudy Gobert, he made up for so many defensive defensive deficiencies. And you don't have a world class defender. Walker Kessler is a great defender. He's not world-class he's not potentially the best big man defender in the history of the game which is where Rudy Gobert is currently trending so so you know there's things with Rudy Hachimura and he he was using some different it looked like vet veteran mind tricks to get guys to push and close when he wanted to get them off their mark to make them look stupid in different moments and then get them to settle back as he takes a quick step back and hits a three. So Hachimura and and watching him mentally own the jazz, does that make sense, Scotty? Oh, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. You know, and uh, go ahead. I'm just, you know, I just look at it um, where, you know, that was a game where you really needed to have, you needed to get that game. And, I just worry about where this team is at mentally. I just worry about where they're at emotionally. I think the all-star break can't get here soon enough. I don't anticipate the Jazz will win this game tonight. I still think it's a great opportunity for you to get out to that arena and watch this team play but um, and, and, and see Golden State, who's just been on fire as of late, and they've realized, okay, you know what? We're not ready to shut this thing down and go quietly into the night quite yet. So you're just... You just know that this is a team that still certainly has a lot in the tank and the Jazz, I just don't know what they have in the tank right now. And it to me, it looks, and I know David would come on and he would yell and scream at us for saying this, but it, and again, I don't know if the Jazz are better than the Lakers on their own right now anyway. I don't know if they should win that game right now, but it just doesn't feel as if that team is emotionally sound with where we saw him a month and a half ago. You're talking about the Jazz? The Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. And, and that's not taken away from who Markinen is, but... No, not at all. W- what I could see, and and this is such a hard topic for me because I look at Kelly Linick and I look at Ochai and I look at Fontecchio and I try to take the whole of what was taken away and you think, yeah, but how many wins is that really? Like, how much did they really influence this team? Only one of them was an actual starter, and he kind of worked his way into the start. The other guys were rotational. So how much should that really influence the team? Well, it does, because you've taken yeah. away the emotional support of Kessler. You, I think, and I asked David if it switches up things for John Collins, and, and David didn't feel like it did. But, I, I, again, I feel like Collins is lost again. And, and, you know, you started the season and Collins was lost, and then during that stretch, man, he was hitting his mark. He was hitting his threes. He was getting in transition defensively. He was at his spot defensively, rotated well, knew what he needed, needed to do defensively, and he was a huge piece of that big push. And now – 
John Collins now looks like he's not confident in his three-point stroke, not confident about where he needs to be, and maybe not even enthused for one reason or the other. And I don't know if that's because Fontecchio was next to him, and and I don't know if it was because he felt like KO was there if he needed to take a breather. I, I don't know. I don't know what this is all about. Yeah. But, but he doesn't look the same to me, and that's why I asked David how much does this affect Collins to have Alenic and, and Fontecchio and Olivo out of the conversation gone. And I also wonder how much it affects Marginan and and what Lowry does in a given night. But but to me, taking away those three, it might have more influence on this team than what it would be perceived just by looking at those three names. Yeah. And and Again, I think that's a really good point because if you want to be analytic guy and just look at the players on paper, Olenek hurts. Uh, but other than that, you're like, okay, well, really, really? Yeah. But when you look at the fact that these guys surrounded Walker Kessler, um, they were a huge part of what this team is. And I go back to when um, Ricky Rubio got really upset when he got moved on and he said – pretty blatantly that you can't overlook what chemistry means to a team and I think a lot of us are like okay well yeah but Mike Conley's a better player it makes sense yeah um and and we just kind of dismissed what he said and then the Jazz frankly were never really the same from a chemistry standpoint than they were that year with Ricky Rubio yeah um they were and now COVID had a little bit to do with it and and Rudy's camp and Donovan's camp started to have their issues um, I don't know if Ricky Rubio's presence overcomes that, but he was right. I mean, he was right. The Jazz, even though they're a couple of years later, they were the one seed, but they never had that chemistry. They never had that camaraderie that they had that year. And I think that when you start pulling pieces away, you start to hurt that locker room. It's more than just the pieces you traded away. It's more than just the analytics and the plus minuses and, well, this guy should be replaceable. You should be able to replace that kind of production. It's more than that. Yeah. Um, and you know it better than anybody else because you've, you've lived in those professional it, locker rooms and those college locker rooms. It, it is, especially when it's guys like Kelly Linick. It just – I talked about his soothing presence. It's not – it wasn't his points. I don't even know what he took with him. Eight points, maybe five rebounds. I don't know what he took with him. But it was his soothing presence. It was some of the assists. It was engaging the offense. It was being confident, those types of things. But, Scotty, there's also another thing that's kind of working against the Jazz right now. And I always hesitate to project on these things. And, you know, you try to watch it. You try to observe. But... I just talked about Keontae George and some of his defensive shortcomings, watching Austin Reeves blow by him or watching DeAndre Russell blow by him and watching him not in the spot. But he has his moments. But here's the – this is the problem. If I'm Chris Dunn, and, and, I, and I don't – I'm not attacking him and I'm not saying I've heard anything because I've not heard anything. But if I'm Chris Dunn, I came into this league back in 2016 – I've already shown you in a starting lineup or starting like minutes, I've already shown you what I can do defensively. I've already shown you what I can do offensively. If if you give me parts of this team and, and allow me to have my confidence, I've already shown you what I can do. I deserve that start more than Keontae George. And if, if I'm not mature enough 
to understand that the Jazz are starting Keontae George because he's the future. And if I'm not confident enough to understand, okay, so he's the future, well, what am I? Am I supposed to just sit here and keep my mouth shut, take my 16, 17 minutes in a given night? Even though I can hear the Jazz fans murmuring, I can hear people saying, hey, put Chris Dunn back in the lineup because he's better defensively. Hey, put Chris Dunn back in the lineup because he engages you offensively. You know, that could turn you into a, a heel pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. That could turn you into and, – and, and Chris Dunn never comes across to me as this, but that could turn you into a cancer. And, again, I'm, I'm going to actually remove Chris Dunn for this, and I'm just going to tell you, anytime you start playing youth – when you've got some pretty manageable veteran talent, that veteran talent could start chipping away and talking and showing negativity. Whether anybody wants to admit it or say it or not, it happens. And I'm just hoping that that's not happening. Because at this point, it's not about the season anymore. Just get it in your mind. This isn't a playoff team, and it's not about the season anymore. It's about Keontae George. It's about Taylor Hendricks. Watching Taylor Hendricks get whatever it was, 16, 18 minutes, and and go nearly 50% from the field. It hoisted up, at least hoisted up a couple more three-point attempts, tried to show a little bit of confidence. You know, watching Taylor Hendricks feel like, okay, here's my confidence. I'm engaged. I know I'm going to get my 18 minutes. Now let me just get comfortable. That's what it's about. And Chris Dunn has to understand that and help where he can. Because I could see that with with THT, too. I could see Chris Dunn and THT sitting in the locker room saying, man, what are we doing? What are we doing as a team? What are these minutes? Are we trying to win? And I, I hate to throw those scenarios out there because they could be wildly inaccurate. It's just stuff that I've seen in locker rooms that can be pretty yeah. er- erosive. Well, and I also think we ought to take a step back here and realize that um, – Everything we're talking about is in regards to this season, like the next 29 games of the year. That's what I'm referring to here and what how that will impact this year. I also – two things can be true at the same time. Number one, what you did at the trade deadline could really disrupt this locker room and cause the, a downward slide for the Jazz for the remainder of the season. And – Another thing can be true, it was the right thing to do for the Utah Jazz for future development and future analysis on who Keontae George is, on who Taylor Hendricks is, and um, and building assets for 2025, 26, 27, 28. These, both these things can be true. The Jazz may have done some significant damage to the 2023-2024 edition of Jazz basketball and also still done the right thing for the long-term future of the Utah Jazz. Like, those two things can can be very much true at the same time. So this isn't a blast towards Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge. Like, they're doing what they feel is best for the franchise for the long term. This is a long game they're playing right now. It's not just about this season. So both things can be absolutely true, and it can be the right thing to do, but it can also have serious negative consequences for this season. And I think that very well could be the case. Yeah. And then, you know, with tonight, and I know we're going to jump into this pretty much in detail, but with tonight, it's just a really interesting scenario because Golden State's coming off an emotional loss to the Clippers last night. And for those of you that didn't get to see it, uh, Steph Curry made some history again. First player in NBA history to make seven or more three-pointers in four straight games. 
But it didn't matter what Steph Curry did because when Clay Matthews checked on the court, he took the foul when he shouldn't have, and everybody hates him now. And you see his team's body language and his coach yelling, Clay, 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 and the whole thing coming down on Clay. And then this weird exchange between James Harden and Steph Curry. This is going to be an emotionally charged Golden State Warriors team tonight with the Utah Jazz. And I, I don't I don't know what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, hands on Scotty, what you may have missed coming up next. And Craig Bowlerjack joins us at 105 right here on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Have you seen the reports that uh, continue to trickle out that San Francisco really had no idea about the rule change in overtime? That's the coach's job. You got to make sure your players understand time, situation, etc. Do you think when the Niners said receive, Andy Reid was like, got him? That's I'm sure what Andy was thinking. Like, okay, they made a mistake. The strategy towards receiving first, because there is some, you can't win the game with a single score in overtime with the new overtime rules. So getting the ball third technically is really where the advantage is so that if you want to excuse the 49ers would be the reason they did it but they didn't know that i think the niners totally blew that super bowl i think they just absolutely gift wrapped it and handed it to the chiefs and i have no clue how shannon hand uh, still has a gig here jake scott and ben anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the ksl sports zone You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right. Yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, as uh, we're about 10 minutes away from Craig Bullerjack joining the program, we will uh, chat with him about the Jazz, what he saw last night, what to expect tonight. And then uh, I got to imagine he's pretty fired up for the uh, all-star break as well. Well, hands uh, again, ugly, ugly situation. It broke in the middle of our show yesterday. The, uh, the shooting at the parade yesterday, celebrating the Kansas city chiefs winning yet another super bowl. Uh, those are not fun times, obviously uh, horrific tragedy to say the least. And, uh, you know, and we try to navigate this with live radio. We try to have fun and, and get a few laughs and talk sports. And you and I aren't news guys, and, and that's not the world we live in. Um, we're not prepared. We're not educated for how to handle that stuff on the air. And uh, but but we, you know, we still have to talk about it. And uh, it's still it. I mean, it, it just sucks. It, it It's disgusting. It's horrific. It's just awful in every sense of the word and uh now more details starting to come out about it yeah so here's some details uh, the authorities there in kansas city came out with a uh, press conference today and they said that this mass shooting in particular that has left one person dead 22 others injured it appears to have stemmed from a dispute among several people is what they're pointing out and saying now this comes from police chief stacy graves said that the total number of victims is 23, including Lisa Lopez Galvan, who was killed. Yeah, she she was a DJ out there. Graves said that the 22 people injured in the shooting range between ages of 8 to 47 years old. The three people that were detained, two of them were juveniles, but there are three people that are currently detained over this situation. But just so everybody understands, it looks like it was a dispute among several people at least that's what kansas city authorities are coining it as that's what police chief stacy graves says 
that it's a dispute among several people and that everybody else was just um, was just a uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time in that moment. So mm. we'll continue to watch these details and and you know it's it's like Scotty said we we hate to try to jump into the news on these things because so many things are wrong and there's always so much speculation and we do not want to per- perpetuate any misinformation when we're talking about a situation that's this serious. Yeah. Nobody wants misinformation and there's so much of it in our country now. People just throw information out there so willy-nilly and then that misguides other people to make other uh, opinions and speculate in different directions. And, and we just don't want to do that here on the show. So, yeah. But as, as this press conference is wrapping up in Kansas City, that's what the authorities are saying there. It stemmed from a dispute amongst several people. Three people are arrested. Two of them are juveniles. And we'll see where this case goes from here, Scotty. Just, I mean, just ugly and horrific in every every sense of the way. All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke, or excuse me, uh, Craig Bullerjack's going to join us coming up next. And uh, we will chat with him, get his thoughts on last night, look ahead as well to tonight. And, uh, and again, the other games coming forward for the Jazz, exactly where they're at and what we're looking at that from, from them. And, uh, but you're back in studio, Hans. I'm in Colorado. Dave Nell is hanging out with us with America First Credit Union. So many great things going on right now. And, man, you guys are just killing it over there. So much fun to have you guys part of the station and what you mean to us and what you mean to so many people in the community. Scotty, I, I just want to tell you, I miss you. This this studio is a little empty without you, and I hope you got oh, money for food. I hope you got, you know, comfort and a blanket, keep you warm, and just you know that we love you. Well, I appreciate that. Now we're just hanging out and having a good time out here on the road. Uh, Dave did bring me another couple of packages of the Fin Fams. Tim Tams. Tim Tams. Tim Tams. Come on, man. Dave brought me, and I'll get you this package this time for sure, Scotty. I don't believe you, but I appreciate that. <laughs> this time, it'll be different, I promise you. But we were talking about the Super Bowl, and I actually want to spend just a little bit more time with this. Just talk about some of the details that went into putting an America First Credit Union Super Bowl ad out there. Well, it's a great idea, and, and <clears throat> it just kind of shows how maybe people um, are, are are not – getting the full benefit out of their money. And so it it's this little uh, little bit with the parents. They walk into this kid's room, and the kid is a, is a $5 bill. It's Lincoln, and he's sitting there, and he's playing his game. He's got an earbud in, and the parents come in and are like, you know, get off your duff, man, <laughs> you lazy kid. Why don't you go out there and bring in some new friends, bring in some new money friends, you know? And, and the kid starts complaining and says, what, you, you want more? And they're like, well, yeah, and I think that's every consumer's sentiment is like, how do I get more out of my money? And so it's pretty cool. If you look at the details, the eye movements, the the facial movements, the little earbud that pops out of his ear, it's just, it's really crafty. It's really creative, and I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's good, and it does say a lot. It's like, yeah, go get more of your money friends right? right. And, and bring them in here. Let's talk a little bit about that, saving money, making money. How good are things right now? Well, in 
in the rates that we see right now, they're really good. And, and America First wants to help our members do more with their money. And so it's a great time to be able to invest your money, whether you want to put it into a certificate of deposit. Uh, we can talk about a dedicated savings, which is a little bit different. But rates are good right now. And America First is leading right now in, in great rates. And some people think the, the longer the, the term, the higher the rate. In some cases, that's true. But right now, those short-term rates are powerful and they're they're beneficial to you to be able to, to maximize the benefits. Yeah, because you don't hear that often with the CDs, those, those certificate deposits. You don't hear that the shorter term would have a higher yield, but you have short term that's bringing solid yield for people in their investment. Yeah, right now that's true. And so a three to five month certificate of deposit, we're, we're giving you a five and a half percent. And that's it, awesome. You know, what's funny is this, the, those types of investments, they feel like they were for moms and dads back in the day, but they're back because as rates stay high, those stay as a solid investment. Yeah, we saw that like two decades ago, right? And and then when rates came down, everybody was buying, homes went crazy. We had we had great um, loan rates, but anytime the rates go up, you're going to see lending rates go up, but also savings rates go up. And so rather than let your money just sit in your savings account, and your checking account. We want to help you do more with your money. Get out to AmericaFirst.com. You can see the Super Bowl commercial in its entirety at AmericaFirst.com, or you can get started on some of that investment, understand better what you can do with your money. Thanks, Dave. Go check us out. Yep. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I was a highway man. Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The master hung me in the spring of 25 Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday, everybody. It means it's the Jazz Preview Show, meaning Craig Buller, Jack, kind enough to hang out with us. Buller, how the heck are you? Hey, Scotty. Hands, I'm good. You know what? You hesitated. You weren't quite sure what day it was, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. They all kind of blend I heard, together. I heard the they? pause. I'm with you. I mean, you hit the road, you don't know if it's Wednesday, Tuesday, or, or maybe, um, you know, midnight on Saturday. I don't know. But I maybe, feel the same way. Maybe he's doing his show on the day off right now, Bowler. He, he could be. doesn't even know. It's Saturday. Uh, what are we he, doing? He, he's doing one for free, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bowler, you told me once that, uh, and, and again, look, I, I, I do a 31-game basketball schedule. You do 82. Like, I can't even touch the amount of work that you guys put in, but – I'm here in uh, – I, I called a game in Laramie last night, and then I drove down. I'm here in Fort Collins. Utah State will play Colorado State. You know that road trip well. Oh, yeah. Uh, back, back in your old whack days. And uh, so – but, you know, you told me once that sometimes, you know, on road trips, you'll wake up in the morning, you're like, where am I at again? I'm not really sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and then you forget what hotel room you're in and – the dates oh, just kind cool. of blend together. Like, again, yep. I'm not comparing myself to what you and Thurl and Locke and Booner go through because 82 games is a much different situation than, than 31 in a college basketball season. But I, I, I kind of get what you're talking about now. I, I'm, yeah. I kind of see what you're saying. Well, Han's got a feel of that a little bit with uh, BYU on the road, too. You know what happens is you uh, you stare at your 
I've, I've walked on the wrong floor and the night before I was in 709 and then I'm in 809. It's just like, why? Well, hold on. And then you put your key, you know, and now they're all electric. And so it, it flares up red and you go, oh, God, I'm lost. You know, where, what I got to do? And or am I, you know, am I trying to enter another room? You know, here's another one, too. And I, I you know, each 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 room is configured differently. And sometimes, you know, I almost fall off the bed thinking or hit a wall at night if I have to make a visit, right? And so did I go off the left side last night or on the right the right side of the bed? I mean, I getting I know it's crazy. Listeners don't want to hear this, but you know, when you when you hit and when you live on the road seven months out of the year, that's kind of some of the weird things that happen. You are you wake up and you go, Where am I? And it's true. Where where am I? And for a moment it's a little panic until you finally get your senses back. Well, the nice thing is we've got you at home here for a bit, Bowler, and it was another home loss, uh, two home losses in a row, three consecutively uh, with the Phoenix Suns on the road. But uh, another loss and a a worrisome loss because there's no LeBron James, and there looked like there was some letdown moments in this game. Just kind of give us your overview of what happened last night against the Lakers. You know, Hans, I still think the Jazz are, are, are working their way through losing, you know, a couple of three guys that really had a big impact in that locker room. You know, they're 0-3 since the uh, the trade deadline. And last night, the Lakers again, you know, kind of that, that theory of, you know, bombs away. They shot 57%. Anthony Davis uh, goes, you know, for 37 points. And um, Ruri Hachimura goes 36, and he's like, wow, there's always that one player that steps into the spotlight to take over when another player may be down, and that was the case last night. You know, and I I just – LeBron hasn't played in Salt Lake. I I lose count, I think, one of the last five games, and he's 0 for 2 this year. So uh, I felt bad for the fans. A lot of kids last night with with, uh, LeBron jerseys on didn't get a chance to see him at all in Salt Lake. But – uh, you know, again, it's um, it's what it is. I think it's developmental time. Uh, Keontae is getting the start, and now Walker Kessler moves back into the starting lineups. Uh, Taylor Hendricks is trying to get more than 16 or so minutes a night. And you're getting a little taste of Bryce Sensabaugh. And I think that's what Justin has to do, along with Danny Ainge, to see what what they have. And if they don't have what they need, then they move those assets and use the draft picks, which, you know, again, there's a bucket full through 2029. And also there, they should be a player uh, in the free agent market, uh, or can they move a player away with trade bait, right? With, with draft picks. Cause again, I think the last count was like 14 uh, or so first round picks and about $46 million in cap space. So I would think the jazz make, will uh, make moves. I think there'll be a player. They'll be very busy in the off season, uh, I don't think Ryan wants this to be a drawn-out um, retooling or rebuilding, however you want to define it. But, you know, talking to Justin and uh, seeing Danny in the halls, uh, they understand the big picture. I mean, Danny did it in Boston, so you have to hope that, you know, that same process is, is underway. It's not a short fix. They They want a long-term fix. They want to give Jazz fans the window like Golden State has had. And that does come uh, with a price. It's rare to do that, to have eight, nine years where you're actually in title contention. But, you know, Oklahoma City may be doing that. 
Sacramento's trying to do the same thing. But, man, it, you have to be lucky along the way. And that's that's the biggest thing. And also stay away from injury. And hopefully the Jazz can, you know, the process is underway. And we've seen it for the last two years now, moving older players, opening up cap space, and gaining gaining assets. That seems to be the key word is assets and how do you use them. And that's what I'm kind of waiting to find out along with Jazz Nation on how Danny moves forward with Justin's help. So, um, you know, all you can do is, you know, ride the horse to the barn and, and see where you go. Is that what uh, Willie Nelson would say in one of one of his songs? I don't, I'm not sure, but I guess that's kind of a, a way of saying it is just you have to hold on for the ride and see where, where it takes you. So, again, I think Jazz fans can look at the fact you know, they lost six out of the last eight, three in a row. Good chance it might be four in a row tonight against Golden State, and they're limping into the all-star break. And, you know, there's that balance of, okay, we understand it's about the long game and assets and development and things like that, but we want to win. We want to be, in, you know, at least in the conversation for the play-in spot. How do, you, right. how do you balance that? Because, you know, you want to give a good product to your fans, but you also want to develop long-term. I mean, it's kind of an interesting quandary the Jazz are in right now. It is, you know, Scotty. That's that is the whole quandary. That is the whole question at hand. How do you, how can you do both? In reality, I'm not sure if you can. But if you're lucky enough and you still, you know, have a core of of Larry Marketing and what Walker's developing into, and Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson, if and he's trying to regain his three point form after a, a real couple of three weeks of struggle, you know, there's potential there to do it. Uh, Danny Ainge, I remember earlier this season, one goal was to actually make it into the top 10. That's the next step because I still think whether you're not a, a bona fide, you know, top five team playoff experience still bodes well, right. In the development of these young players, if you get a taste of what it's like to go from regular season to postseason, And even if it's just a playing game, okay. Uh, I get it, but um, uh, yeah, the Jazz lost a couple of guys, players they really were engaged with, especially Kelly Olenek. I mean, he made a quick impact in a short period of time in Salt Lake City, and I think they appreciated his skill set. But now you have to sit back and say, okay, let's watch Keontae grow. And what's Taylor Hendricks about? Uh, they used the ninth pick uh, to pick him up out of Central Florida. And is Colin Sexton going to be a player that will be a starter or could he be a rotational guy that makes a big impact as a, as a sixth or seventh man off the bench. Uh, so, you know, that's, I think how you have to ride. Um, well, I'd say a short, no one wants to wait and I get it. Um, Scotty, you know, we always kind of kid you and you kid me about the ASC West, you know, with Denver and Kansas city, San Diego, or now LA and, and the Oakland and now the Vegas Raiders. But, you know, I tell you, man, there's a long time in between some stints. Um, you know, the Jazz haven't been back to the finals since 98, and that's a long time. Uh, you know, they had D. Will and Booze to the Western Conference Finals, and that's really about the last big hurrah. Uh, but, you know, what does it take, man? Patience, I guess, to get back there, but also you have to make the right picks and decisions along the way. So, Buller, I took a little bit of a direction with Scotty earlier that I want to venture in just a little bit with you because you've played high-level sports and you've covered high-level sports and you currently exist in a competitive uh, world of employment. It's, you know, everybody wants your job. We, the three of us have hit the job lottery. And, and so it's a competitive world. Right. So 
there's something that's really difficult that's happening right now with the Utah Jazz. And people need to understand the chemistry of it and the dynamics of it and understand that it's unique to this situation. And, and I'm not trying to say that Chris Dunn or Tana Horton Tucker or any of these guys are causing problems. I'm trying to point out to anybody that's in a competitive world, this is ultra competitive and this is millions and millions of dollars. So when you see young guys that are playing in front of you, and if I'm Chris Dunn and I'm watching last night Keontae George trying to rotate over to Austin Reeves to defend Austin Reeves as he's running towards the rim and can't protect it and can't defend it. If I'm Chris Dunn, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, man, why? what are we doing? Are we trying to win? Are we trying to keep this young guy out there? What What does this mean to my job? I'm trying to make my money. I'm trying to be sure. pertinent. And, and we could – it, that could pertain to our jobs. A young gun that wants to sit in on the mic and having a boss tell us, hey, you're going to have to sit off the mic for a second because this hothead wants to speak. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Bullard, the competitive side in me, and Scotty's a competitive sucker, and you're a competitive sucker, it, it doesn't matter. Like, people would say, no, you got to be a good teammate, and you got to let him talk, and you got to support him. But there is a competitive blood, and there are millions of dollars that sit on these things. And it could take a time to adjust to. Oh, hands, absolutely. Every one of these players, you know, are here for a reason. They're the best of the best uh, in the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball, hockey, you name it. You know, you fight for it in high school, you fight for it in college, and then all of a sudden the, the big money comes and nothing stops. That's why they're, they're playing. They're competitive. And that's who you want on, on a team, right, to, to fight for your job. But also at the same time, not to be so disrupted that you break the locker room in half because I think what Will Hardy's told me multiple times, Hans, is that you have to understand your role and what role at what particular time. You know what? Dunn's gone from a bench to a starter back to the bench. And you know what? He still has kept his poise and his professionalism. And, you know, I think also one thing that the ownership has is that they have the control, especially – um, in the NBA where, you know, they can move players. It's not, not easy to do. The trade la- trade deadline has come and gone, but in the offseason, you know, those moves come. Um, you know, Draymond's been disruptive with Golden State, but yet his skill set, I'm just using him as an example, his skill set gives them the opportunity to win every night, right? I mean, we're going to see him again tonight. He averages nine points, seven rebounds, six plus assists, and he's a really good three-point shooter whenever he decides to put the ball up. So they try to you know, survive with some of his antics on the floor. But is he competitive? What would you say, Hans? Hell yes. And sometimes that's worked against him, but also that's why he's still there. But to your point, Dunn's competitive. Sexton is uber, uber competitive. And they all want to play. They all want to start. But not everybody can. Who closes? I think Will Hardy has to get a a bit of a a lot of credit here. Not a bit, but a lot. That he's been able to communicate that to keep this locker room kind of intact and that they understand and there's no surprises. I think that's the one thing athletes don't want when you're making millions of dollars is don't surprise me or embarrass me. And I think Will done, has done a great job to put it out there on the line to say, this is what I need, and I want you to, you know, to understand that. And so there's no surprises along the way. And hands, I think that's been probably one reason why the Jazz have, have been able to coexist through these transition periods because at least are told, uh, right up front, 
what the ultimate goal is, what their role is. And Chris Dunn, to your point, is fighting for a contract right now, too. You know, he went from a top 10 pick to a G League guy, maybe almost out of the league, and now he's fighting his way back in and found his niche with the Jazz as a a high-level defender. So, yeah, I'd want to play every night, too. But also, I think they have to try to understand what the, the end game is and can they be a part of it. And that's the best I can explain it from what I feel and see and hear, you know, traveling and being around this team. Um, there's a lot of good people here. There's a lot of competitiveness, but I think they still want more, more players who come in at a higher level as well. Some will be a part of the future. Others will not. And I think they all are still fighting to prove their worth as, as Danny Ainge goes through the process with Justin Zanuck. Craig Bowler, Jack joining us, 97.5, the KSL sports zone. So Bowler, what do you expect out of this team tonight as they get set for this game and obviously, you know, you know, not playing their best basketball, dealing with a lot of stuff, um, but yet it's a good Golden State team. It should be an easy team to get up for. How do you think this thing plays out? Well, Golden State played last night, and, uh, you know, this is the rescheduled game from uh, middle of January when they sadly lost uh, the assistant coach to a, a medical emergency here in Salt Lake City. So from what I understand, Steve Kerr's back. Um, uh, Kenny Atkinson filled in for him just a couple, three nights ago. Uh, so I would expect comp- competitive. Both these teams, Golden State's 10, uh, Utah's 11 in the West. So that's that balance you know, of a game and a half between either the play-in or you, or you go home. So I would hope to see, again, a competitive, a competitive game. You know what, what's happened in hands, you know, and Scotty, when you really break down the jazz, the Achilles heel is turnovers. And that is, again, now trying to re, uh, reset everyone who has to play with a different player now since Olenek's gone. They played through him a lot, Fontecchio and Ochai. So now you have to kind of almost go back to camp and reset and get used to a new lineup, and that's not easy to do. It takes time to, to put those uh, that sixth sense, basically, into play. So I think the one thing is the Jazz have always played hard, but one thing, Hans and Scotty, that's been their biggest issue is a two- or three-minute window in one or two quarters totally disrupts what they've done right. And so Will Hardy speaks to that all the time. The turnover is one of the biggest issues they have to, to, to figure out and that is make the smart pass. Uh, and then again, if you do turn the ball over, still bust your butt and get back in transition defense. But, you know, just last night, uh, you know, they're dead last in the league in turnovers. And last night, 13 turnovers. Doesn't sound bad, but they still gave up 17 points. So it's, it's those minutes, a couple of minutes in the third quarter, or maybe early in the game, when you lose focus and all of a sudden with the youth, and the inexperience, you know, one or two or three turnovers and four or five possessions can lead to a nine or ten point swing like that. And then do you have enough to continue to give the effort to play a pill? And the Jazz have had to do that multiple times. Look, they've come back from law, big deficits, by the way, last year as well. But uh, there's only so much you can do, and then a team senses it, and you drop a couple of threes, and this game all of a sudden gets out of hand. And I thought that's what happened last night uh, with the Lakers. The Jazz battled back but couldn't hold. And then all of a sudden you have uh, a barrage of threes. And what does it tell you, Scotty, in hands? The power of the three in this league is dangerous because a game can slip away or you can make your own run back. 
But if you force it, you miss it. And that's where the Jazz, con- I thought, again, was a great example last night against Davis uh, and the Lakers. They'll play hard. And, and Scotty, to answer the question, I think they've always played hard and the fans have, have appreciated it. But again, can you just tame yourself and get away from the turnovers and hit a few shots early and give yourself a break? The Jazz seem not to give themselves too many uh, opportunities to hold a lead. They have to play from behind, and hopefully they can hold a lead tonight. We'll see. That's why you play them. Well, Bowler, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us, as always. Uh, have a great call, and uh, we'll talk to you again here very soon. Thanks, Bowler. All right. And thanks. And, Scotty, uh, I'm going to try to just, uh, you know, get away for an all-star break and tell Tim Lacombe try to figure this thing out, okay, when you talk to him later the, in the show. I will. And tell sure. him to tell me what he knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Thanks, All Bowler. Right. Thanks, guys. There he is, the great Craig Bowler, Jack, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Jazz wrap up uh, the, uh, the season before the All-Star break tonight when they take on the Golden State Warriors. We'll have that game for you right here on the zone. Hands, you're back in studio. I'm here in Colorado, and uh, Dave Nellis hanging out with us in studio and all kinds of great stuff going on at America First Credit Union. Yeah, they do so many great things, so many fun events, and I got to be out to a ribbon cutting at their new city center Eagle Mountain location that was incredible. But, Dave, I love that you guys stay so active with your communities, and I want to talk a little bit about the Cookies with Rookies because, first of all, unique name. It'll catch with a lot of people out there, but – Talk to me about what just went down with the Cookies with Rookies events. Yeah, Cookies with Rookies was such a cool event. We have a great partnership with the Utah Jazz, and part of that partnership is to say, how can we benefit the community in a more impactful way? Whether it's you know preparing food for a food bank, which we did last year, this year we, we brought in some kids uh, from Project Success out of Ogden, and it was held at Shoot 360 there in Kaysville, brand new facility, not open yet to the public, but it, it, it showcases all the cool technology that it has to offer to, to help you with your shots. But these kids um, are in a situation where they need a little help, a little direction, a little guidance. A little boost. And, yeah, a boost. Mm-hmm. And so Cookies with Rookies was a way for these kids to see people who they could look up to. You know, hands, everybody needs a mentor yeah. in their life. And so these rookies are, are, are being mentored by senior players, but... These rookies are also mentors to kids who say, I want to be there someday. So we brought these kids over and did some shooting drills, some competitions, and got some words of advice from these these players. And Keontae George was just awesome. Was he? Yeah. And Omer was awesome. It was just so fun just to be there with them and to see these kids light up and let me get your autograph and uh, I want to be tall like you. And what did and, they think of your seven? Well, oh. they, did they just stand there and look straight up at him? It took them like three seconds to look him up and down, like all the yeah. way up. You know, these kids were, it was just, it was just awesome. And these guys are so genuine and so nice. And so the partnership that we have with them just illustrates a way that we can give back to the community and, and show mentorship. Well, this is the foundation of America First Credit Union. You guys started right here in the great state of Utah, going back into the 1930s, 1939, if I remember 1939. Accurate. We'll be turning 85 years next month. 85 years back in 1939, starting right here in the state of Utah. And they've put incredible roots and... So many great locations. I talked about the one opening up in Eagle Mountain, the one that I used to use in Saratoga. Utah County is just packed. If you've won a location, you're going to find one by you. And we talk about 
the great savings plans. We talk about the interest rates. We talk about the offerings of America First. I want people to remember America First is giving back to the community that's given so much to them. Yeah, we're going to give back in ways of products and services. We're going to give back in ways of the community, and we want to help you with your money to do more for you. Exactly. That's the way you give back to America First. Just look them up. AmericaFirst.com. Find the location by you. Thanks, Dave. Hanson, Scotty, Monty Poole will join us coming up next. He'll give us his thoughts on the Golden State Warriors straight ahead right here on The Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jason Cole, senior writer for the 3013.com. I think one of the most fascinating things about Andy Reid is he doesn't sweat the control of other human beings the way a lot of coaches classically do. There's a lot of coaches out there who would have worried about the fact that Travis Kelsey was dating Taylor Swift. Andy Reid looks at and goes, nah, cool, thanks, right? what are we doing? And that's the genius to me of Andy Reid is you let your guys be be guys, run them as football players, allow them to be the human beings they want to be. And that's why I think he can sit back and actually enjoy the process of coaching and running games rather than worrying about a lot of stuff that he has no control over. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm so happy. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Jazz and Warriors coming up tonight. Joining us now from NBC Sports Bay Area, award-winning columnist, Monty Poole, insider for the Golden State Warriors, kind enough to join us. Monty, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Very We're good. doing great. Uh, obviously, good. This, is, this is a tough situation for Golden State, uh, the makeup game uh, after the loss of the assistant coach. Uh, just emotionally, where is this team at after dealing with a tragedy that, you know, no team should ever have to work through? Yeah, they're they're much better off now than they were a few weeks ago. I mean, when at the time when uh, Dejan Milojevic uh, passed away, uh, and this this happened, it wasn't like he was in a team hotel or something. He was at a team dinner, and so there were a number of witnesses that actually saw him when he was in distress and uh, taken to the hospital, and to find out the next day that he passed away. So. Mentally, emotionally, they were in no way ready to play a game. Certainly that night, and even a couple of nights later, they were supposed to play the Mavericks. They weren't ready to play then either. Uh, they needed some time. And uh, the NBA and the Jazz, the Mavericks were kind enough to, to give them that time, and they needed it really badly. So, um, But, you know, yeah, it's still there. It's going to be there all season, I think, uh, because he was such a big personality. He's one of those guys that everybody loved. Uh, if you met Decky for five minutes, you, you know, you felt like he was a friend for life, you know, one of those guys. So um, his presence is definitely missed. But I think they've turned the page in the sense of, yes, it's still there, but they're, they're kind of compartmentalizing. And at a point now where uh, they realize that the season's slipping away, and uh, if they don't get it together, um, that they're going to be looking at the playoffs from the golf course. So – Speaking of that, just kind of watching them put together a win streak, and obviously the Jazz earlier were a part of that win streak, and then watching parts of last night's game against the Clippers, it felt like, correct me if I'm wrong, Monty, but it felt like a very emotionally charged game last night against the Clippers, and then the fallout of Klay Thompson jumping on the court and fouling, and 
Coach Kerr losing his mind. Kind of walk us through what the emotions were of that loss last night against the Clippers. Yeah, that was uh, – they were they, – What's the word I want to use? Uh, there was a lot of fury after the game. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. well, you know, you understand why. I mean, obviously, you know, when, when Clay fouled, made, made the foul, that obviously did not need to be made. It's, to see a veteran make a mistake like that is, you know, when you're in a game, it's a three-point game, and it's a one-possession game. And you turn it into a two-possession game with a mistake that uh, a guy who's been in the league around as long as he has should not make. Um, and so, and he knew it, and and it bothered him as, as it should. Uh, so it was emotional throughout, though, um, because you know the the Clippers they played a game against the Clippers in December, and in LA, and they had a, the Warriors had a 22 point lead, and they lost it. They gave it back to the Clippers, and so here they are now uh, last night with a 15 point lead, and the Clippers are coming back, and the Warriors are making mistakes. They're they're, they're blowing defensive rotations. So this is a team now that has had six losses on the season when they had 15-point leads in those games. And so at this stage, just when they thought, okay, we're on to something now, we're, we're gathering some momentum, uh, and we have a team that you know is well, well, well ahead of us on our home court. And they were coming off three road games where they, that they won by at least 20 points all three of those games. And to come home and give a game back after you had a double-digit lead – it stings. It's going to sting. I mean, the good thing for them, as they saw it last night, is that they get to play again tonight. What's the future of Clay Thompson in Golden State? Oof. Um, I think uh, they'd like to have him back, uh, but the money has to be right. You know, a guy's making $43 million this year, and he's not playing at that level. Uh, and the Warriors and Thompson's uh, representative, Greg Lawrence, they had conversations before the season started. Didn't go very far, and Clay was not happy about it. But the fact of the matter is that he began this season hoping to be an all-star again, and he hasn't been anywhere near that. And so he's not the player that he was five years ago before he had the ACL, followed by the Achilles in the other leg. And we, that's why. You know, he can't do what he used to do. His lateral quickness is not there anymore. He can't guard four positions now. He's only able to guard effectively pretty much, uh, well, power forwards for the most part. You know, he has to guard up because the quick guys just eat him alive. And so uh, his shooting comes and goes, and that was one thing you could usually rely on. But um, they still like the idea, maybe it's nostalgia, of having the core, Steph, Clay, Draymond, together uh, for another year. So if the finances can be worked out, and I think at this stage, Clay realizes he's not going to get a giant contract. And he's not going to be playing 35 minutes a night. Uh, if those things can be worked out, I think they'd welcome him back. But if not, you know, I think they'll let Clay walk and, and shop for his own uh, price, his own deal someplace else. You know, Monty, you get to, the opportunity to cover the team with the most storylines in the NBA over the last five, six years. It's just nonstop. I, I can't imagine. Tell me about it. I can't imagine some of the calls you get. But tell me about the call you got on Draymond Green when things were going down with Draymond and it felt like nobody could control him and he's getting the suspension and things are unraveling. Talk about that moment and, and talk about where Draymond Green is now mentally. Uh, he's, he seems to be in a better place. Um, you know, there was times, even last year, when he punched Jordan Poole in practice, 
Um, I know there are some people in the building that were like, okay, this is it. We're done with this guy. And eventually, you know, they decided, no, let's, let's play it out. And, you know, you can say cooler heads prevail, or you can also say that, you know, they've enabled him, which they have. And so, um, but this year it reached a point where, okay, it's happening. It's a pattern now. It's, it's really coming, becoming more commonplace than it was before. You know, Draymond's always been kind of a very emotional player, but when the Gobert thing happens and then, you know, he gets into it with Donovan Mitchell, tries to get into it with Anthony Edwards, gets into it with Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, it's one thing after another. And I guess you can say at some point you look at this and go, "What? you know what? It's not getting better, people. It's getting worse. And so um, the Nurkic thing, Malik had to step in and say, look, <laughs> dude, just get away for a while. Get away. And he has been uh, he has been in some counseling. Um, so far, again, I think it's with Draymond to me. It's a wait and see. You know, you you, you want you want to think that okay, maybe this is the time. You know, maybe he's hit rock bottom. Maybe this is the time where he can play great basketball and also keep his wits about him. And for the most part, he has done that. For the most part, he has done that. So, but I've been around him so long to where it still needs to be okay. Let's see that happen for two, three months. You know, and and and. I think he's capable. I know he's trying, but let's see. Where do you, you know, where does this ownership group, and, and I, you know, this is kind of an, an addition to the question about Clay Thompson. You know that probably this team is on the downward slide, not considerably, but, you know, the, they're past their peak to a certain extent, and you want to honor the past. You want to honor Steph and Clay and Draymond and what they've done and the championships and all the great things. But you realize that the time has passed. How do you balance honoring those guys and letting them run their you know careers through Golden State, but also realizing, well, we want to get back to winning championships. Is there any talk of maybe tearing it down and rebuilding it, or do they just let it run its full course? Not as long as Steph. As long as Steph is playing at a high level, which he is, um, no, they're, they're going to ride it until the wheels fall off. Um, I think their their assessment is basically, you know what? If we lose it, we lose it. You know, let's let's prove that we can't go out and make a, a decent playoff run. Uh, and I think when you look at this roster and the way the league is shaped right now, you don't see a championship team. I know I don't, and I'm sure they don't. But they see a team that once they get in the playoffs, that they feel they can probably beat anybody if they are on their game. The problem is that. At a team at this stage, at this stage of this team, they're not on their game on a regular basis. You know, they can be on the game against two or three or four games in a row, but can you do it in a series? And so their thinking is, we can win. Can make somebody beat us four times. Make that happen. It happened last year with the Lakers. Make it happen again. They think they're better equipped this year. We're going to find out. Well, Monty, we appreciate your time. Thanks for carving out a few moments for us. Enjoy the game tonight and enjoy your all-star break, more importantly. Okay, you two guys. Take care. Monty Poole from NBC Sports Bay Area, great columnist, and uh, nobody's nobody's done a better job of covering the Golden State Warriors over the last several years than that guy. So uh, interesting insight as the Jazz get set to take on the Warriors coming up tonight. Hands and Scotty. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll continue to get you ready for the game coming up tonight, coming up next. And then the great Tim Lacombe will join us coming up at 2.05 as well. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Mm-hmm.
Ladies and gentlemen, may I present? This is JJ and Alex. The idea of just being like, you should have made some moves during the trade deadline. And then everyone goes, okay, draw it up for me. What moves you? Get K- get KD. Dad, why did you get Luke at the deadline? <laughs> and he's a bum. This is I'm your- sick of paying for these guys. Watching these players that injured half the time. Why did we get Luca? So, Come on, Zinnick. So Brian Regan is a big Utah <laughs> Jazz fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on with this team? Hey, hey, what you doing? Hey, Justin Zinnick, what are you doing? Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Scotty. I got him with that Seth McFarland. Oh, yeah, you guys got me. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. What movie are you talking about, Lloyd? Oh, I can't even think of her name now. It's a, it's a new movie, his comedy that he did with uh, Charlize Theron. Oh, that's been out for a few years. Where she's well, yeah, it's been out of it's been out of it. I just I kind of re, we rewatched it last night, and it's very funny. Is that Neighbors? <laughs> no, he's not in Neighbors. Oh, maybe he is. Yeah, he is in Neighbors, actually. Hey, guys, I just started a new series last night called... Oh, Ma- really? Yeah, Masters of the Air, and it's World War II. It is B-17 bombing, and... Well, if it's a, it's a series, you're not going to make it through well, it. there's so. only nine episodes. Yeah, and, that's like Band of Brothers. There's like nine episodes. You need to make it through that. Well, I got through two. Yeah, but Band of Brothers is six seasons. No, no, it's not. Just, just one season. It's one season, and it's only like nine episodes. Band of Brothers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I got overwhelmed with Band of Brothers thinking, oh, it's six seasons, I'm never going to get through this. No, no, it's only like maybe oh, nine, ten episodes. because I was like three or four no. in. Okay, so I'll, yeah. I'll revisit that. But my dad and I started this one together because his uncle was shot down in a B-17. He was a belly gunner in a B-17 in World War II. That sounds and scary. My uncle, it's his uncle Evan, but... Uh, he was shot down, and, and I got to fly up in a B-17 with my dad years ago. And this movie, it's it's the same production crew as Band of Brothers. It's great, guys. Is it a documentary? Is it like a it is, drama? Or? It is. It's, it's similar to what the Band of Brothers would be. It's taking some facts and some things and trying to drive it home through basically nine hours of cinema. It, oh, okay, gotcha. It, it's really good, man. It's. I actually thought it had a higher level production value than Band of Brothers. But I'm more curious about the air well, fight. Band of Brothers is like 20 years old, too. I mean, that's a that's an old series. So that's you, true. You, so you like the CGI, is what you're telling? No, me I don't. Th- I, I didn't. I don't see a lot of CGI in it. M- maybe there's some, but I don't know. CGI might be getting a lot better. I don't know fooling you now yeah maybe maybe i'm just i don't know what's real and what's fake anymore but it's solid it is really solid masters of the air and it's on apple tv yep i had to buy a subscription for a month so 
Okay, wait, you wow. have Apple TV? Well, just for a month. I'm going to cancel it after the month. But I did want to watch this with my dad. Okay, well, big thanks to Ryan for getting that password. And <laughs> off we go. <laughs> Not this one. Hey, there's a uh, – there's a. Uh, I'm here in Fort Collins, and after the show, I don't have a game until Saturday. So, you know, I've got the show and, and some work stuff. But other than that, I'm pretty wide open. And there's the theater, like, just right across the street. Is it weird to be that guy that goes to a movie by himself when you're on the road for, for work? Or is that is that socially acceptable? I think that's very acceptable. I, I don't have no know, issue. Is that, is that a loser move to no. go to a movie by yourself? No, absolutely not. No, I do. I'd, I'd do it here in town. Even yeah. if I had somebody to go with, I might do it by myself one time. Sometimes it's good to go watch a movie by I, yourself. I'll tell you, Scotty, the other thing that's really nice, you, when you just pay for your movie ticket, and you pay for your drink, and you pay for your popcorn, and you go sit down, and you're like, holy cow, that was one-fourth the cost. Folks and I don't like have to share bucks. my popcorn with anybody? <laughs> Instead of $40. Hey, I'm actually the go-to-the-movie-alone guy. I, I'm a lover of it because you get to take in everything, and you're like, this is quiet. And I didn't have nice. somebody say, hey, so, so who's that guy? What did they do? Yeah, it's pretty darn nice. So just enjoy it, Scotty. All right. You know, and, and I look at uh, a movie theater alone as kind of a buffet. So, you know, you pay for the ticket, you go in for the matinee, and you stay for the... What? Oh, you're saying just <laughs> like kind of... What? Wow. Okay. I, I, I didn't say... <laughs> I did not see that coming. I'll have some of this. I'll have some of that. I'm going to try that. And uh, meanwhile, somebody's like, uh, you bought that ticket like six hours ago. You still here? Like, you're yeah, wa- what about it? You're walking out of a triple header. Well, this is my cup. I brought it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're walking out of a triple header feeling pretty good about how the night went. Oh, man, that's hilarious. All right, Jazz in action tonight. They take on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, big thanks uh, to Monty Poole, who just joined us. Uh, and again, does a great job covering the Golden State Warriors uh, weird game last night for Golden State in that loss to the Clippers, and uh, they'll try to rebound tonight. But the Jazz also coming off a loss. And, uh, you know, you got two teams that are just trying to get to the All-Star break. These are hard games to try to figure out how well they're going to play and how they're going to handle themselves in this situation because, you know, it could go a number of two ways. Who's emotionally invested in it? Who's mentally invested into this game? And, uh, you know, I could see – Let's just say I would not – I don't know what the line is on this game. I would not touch it because there's just no way to try to predict how these teams react in these situations. And it's, I'm excited for it tonight because I, I do think Golden State is emotionally charged up. And I will be curious to see how the Utah Jazz respond to what they did last night. Um, and, Scotty, I've got a sneaking suspicion that what I've talked to you about and what I've talked to Buller about – might be playing a little bit, and I want to watch some of the interaction between veterans and young guys that are getting minutes. When Taylor Hendricks takes a bunch of minutes and Keontae George takes a bunch of minutes in a loss, that's when things start to feel a little uncomfortable when other guys are on the bench looking for new contracts. It, get, it gets uncomfortable. I don't care what anybody tells me. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's an ugly – and not, ugly is not the right word. It's – it's an uncomfortable situation yeah. that guys are going to have to fight through, and the, and they'll they'll figure it out. But you know, emotions are raw, and the, and that just I mean, it's it just what. And this is a young team too. Look, you know, Walt, uh, you know, Kessler dealt with a little bit last year, 
Um, but Keontae George is first year dealing with it. Hendricks is first year dealing with it. Uh, if you're guys like Colin Sexton and Markinen and some of these other guys, this is where you have to rally the troops and say, look, this is what the NBA is about. This is a business. You got to go out and do your job because if you, if you, if you get caught up in the emotional aspect of this, it'll come and bite you in the butt. So I'm, I'm curious to know how leadership in that locker room can help respond and get this thing righted, you know, but maybe they're bent too. And maybe they're like, Hey, look, you know what? If you guys aren't committed this year, then why should we be committed this year? I, I hope that's not the case, but I know that's happened in various times throughout the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be good tonight, Scotty. Yep. All right. Hans and Scotty, uh, Tim Lacombe will join us coming up next. But Hans, I know you're hanging out with our buddy Dave Nellis in studio. And Dave, uh, you know what? I uh, I know you're not a gambling guy. Uh, but I got a hundred to one odds that I never see any of those Tam Tams that are that that Hans has right now. I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, I'm trying to think what the over under is on that bet. Uh, Let's just take the under on it. Okay, yeah, just to be All safe. Right. <laughs> is probably not going to see these cookies. Scotty, you know the house always wins. I know, and I don't even think those things will make it back to Eagle Mountain. Uh, <laughs> it's a loaded house, man. Hey, uh, Scotty, dealing with tragedy of not getting these cookies and tragedy that just goes on all the time. I, I saw what you did with teaming up with RSL and Utah Royals. And usually you think these events, oh, they got to plan them out for you know months, if not years. But you guys were able to team up with a couple of your partners in RSL and Utah Royals and help in the light of something that was really difficult to deal with. Yeah, this is one way, Hands, that shows the value of America First and the charitable foundation that we have. And a lot of people don't know about the America First Charitable Foundation, but we do lots of different things. We rely on contributions from the community and from our members, and it's one way to make that money go a little bit stronger. And so this was an extension of our Warm the Souls program, which we typically do in the in the, the winter months. But, yeah, the, the Granite Education Foundation is a huge warehouse just chuck full of, of donated items that go to kids. About 50% of the kids that are in that school district need a little extra help. Could be food, could be clothing, could 50%. be fifty percent. Mm-hmm, yep, could be shoes, could be even toys, right? To bring some relief and to help these kids out. Well, they had a break in um, and lost fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff, and it caused a lot wow. of damage. When we heard about that, the America First Charitable Foundation director called them and said, "How can we help? Mm. What can we do?" And we said, "Let's let's do it." So we extended our Warm the Souls program. We have a great partner with RSL and the Utah Royals. And we said, let's go donate. So we provided them with 650 pairs of shoes. RSL stepped up and donated a bunch of shirts and jackets and gear. And while we were out there, we, we joined forces and we helped uh, at their food um, with the food location or the food donations and helped sort sorted food and just did an awesome um, service project that, that some players come out there from RSL and, and from Utah Rails. It was just awesome. It's so good to know that there's there's partners like them that can – that can step up in times of need. Well, that's my hope. My hope is that our listeners can see that America First does so much. And through this, you know, you're seeing the jazz players do so much and RSL gets involved when our community really needs help. They're not just taking your money as tickets and, oh, well, then just go away and you won't hear from us. Constantly active in our communities. And America First Credit Union is the leader 
you guys do so many great things and i i love it because you're out in my community you're in my area i've talked about seeing your banners and billboards across high schools and and i know that those go to support that money goes to support those high schoolers and those players and it's just great and i I want our listeners to support america first credit union best way to do it go to americafirst.com find a location near you and figure out how they can help you and how they could be your financial institution, help you with different loans and lending or help you with savings and deposits and make your life more affordable and better. That's the hope, Dave. Yeah, and it is. It's the, it's the hope that our, that our members take advantage of good products and services, but it's also our hope that they know that our impact in the community is much more than just dollars and cents. It's, it's helping and benefiting and supporting our families where you live. Starts at AmericaFirst.com. Thanks, Dave. The great Tim Lacombe joins us next, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah, we've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Joining us now, he is the legend, Tim Lacombe. Kind yes. enough to carve out a few moments for us. Timmy, how are you? What exactly am I a legend of? I, that's what I want to know. I, I think it's just that I've lived long enough to be around, I gather. Is this my boy Timmy on the... Is this the? Is this Timmy that you're playing here, Lloyd? Oh, because he just sent us that video. He's... He sounds this. Be- he he sounds better than this. I'm not arguing with that. Uh, you're the thing. You're amazing at everything, Tim. Yeah, oh. that's why you're a legend. Um, There's nothing you're not good at. Well, I sure. I'm one thing I'm good at is is finding good friends, man. And you guys are good pals. And I love Thursdays because we get to hang out and talk a little bit and catch up. Uh, Scotty and I had a blast last Friday. Oh so, my yeah, gosh. That's so Saturday much night. Sorry, my whole weekend was Logan, but Saturday night was amazing. I tell you what, Hans, I, I had so much fun calling that game with Tim. The dude was telling great stories, great insight, has forgotten more about basketball than we'll ever know, and was just dishing all kinds of great insight. It was a fun game. You were there in attendance, Hans, and you know Lloyd was there too. And, uh, I mean, it was just a great atmosphere. The place was rocking, and, and Coach was just – killing it on the broadcast it was so much fun and i got to hang with ajay which is he gave me the candy bowl like i got all the stuff got to talk to Stu moral um the great jerry bovey um i felt at home man they made me feel like a part of the team it was fun for a night is is utah state the best college team in the in the uh, state I would like to watch them play BYU because I think those two are, and I think it's an awesome story because they both had zero expectation, um, and yeah. they, they just both done such a great job. I would say that Sprinkle and Pope should be on the the National Coach of the Year. I mean, how do you not with the way BYU's playing? They they uh, they won as many games as Kansas in that league um, in year one, so. 
both of those. And then Danny, and a huge win last night. We had it going, Scotty. Ben um, sat in for Jake. Uh, so on one of our big TVs, we had the Aggie-Wyoming game going. And so got to see that as well. So the, I just, yeah, I think there's no question those two teams are the best. Uh, they play a similar brand. They take good shots. They defend, um, you know, and they rebound. Well, uh, you got a big one tonight, uh, Jazz and Golden State. Jazz kind of limping a little bit after that loss to the Lakers. No LeBron, no problem. Anthony Davis blows up for 37-15. and 15, And the Jazz don't look right. Is it as simple as they're still trying to find their way after a trade deadline? Yeah, man. It's. Uh, I mean, you got to get <clears throat> in a totally different frame of mind to travel back to the start of the season. Uh, but what I'm seeing right now is a lot of what I saw then, which is, you know, guys trying to figure out their role on this iteration of this team. And um, and then also basketball is a five, you know, there there's five guys out on the floor and they have to equally coexist. Uh, spacing is, is really important. Nuance that you learn through playing a lot is, is really important. And, the Jazz, you know, right now the objective is to try to do their best to get as many minutes for the young guys as possible. Um, Coach Hardy said it last night, it's going to get messy, you know, and it will. Uh, but, you know, people can't lose sight. I saw a tweet today, I can't remember from who, but it was like, hey, you know, it was, they called out Ryan and it was like, hey, this isn't fun. We just want to have fun. We, we don't care about winning. We just want to have a good product, you know, and um, this is just what a rebuild feels like. And, and there's going to be fun times like we had earlier where there were, they ripped off a bunch of wins and, and figured it out. And then there's going to be times like this that are a little dark, a little depressing. I want to talk to you specifically about some of the potentially bright spots of this Utah Jazz roster and this team. Keontae George is one guy that we're all looking at. And earlier in the show, I was talking about Austin Reeves coaching and if you remember the specific possession i i think that sexton was top of the arc and keontae george was just uh left center and had to rotate had to had a switch over to austin reeves and reeves just put the ball on the court and made the move to the paint and kessler couldn't get there and it was a quick run to the rim and I remember thinking, okay, well, something something went wrong there. I don't know exactly what it is, but it felt like something went wrong there. Outside of that, I felt like Keontae George had some nice offensive moments, a nice teardrop, works himself the lane, does some things well. But from an expert's point of view, are you seeing the things that you need to see from Keontae George, not just offensively, but to be what you need defensively in this league? Um. You know, not yet. I think he's shown glimpses of it at times. But, I mean, to be honest, the, the first year for a rookie in this league is nuts. Um, and, and, it, and you went through it, man. You know, you step it up. It, it, what was, you know, something that you turned from hobby into making a, a way through school now becomes, you know, you get in the locker room with grown men who have been, you know, trying and, and hustling to try to find contracts. And, and just the, the chemistry and everything changes. So I think you have to give these young guys a chance to acclimate. And, you know, one thing in fairness to Keontae is this year has been a little, because of what I just talked about, a little spotty. He started, he's come off the bench, he's played, you know, a lot of minutes, he's closed, and he hasn't. 
And so I think, you know, a bunch of these guys are just looking for a little bit of a rhythm or routine. And I think that that's kind of what this last 26 or seven games is going to give us. Um, but no, I, I think he's got a lot to work on, man. I think, uh, I think every rookie in this league does, but I think in particular, Keontae, uh, you know, he knows how to play and he knows uh, protocol. He, he's, he's really good at making sure uh, Ben was telling me last night, in fact, that he, he told Ben and I just got to find ways to get Lowry the ball more, you know? So I think he's thinking straight. Uh, I think it's just a matter of having it all put together, but man, I think, as as the season goes on, I think we'll see more signs of, you know, what he is and what he can be. What, uh, speaking of rookies, uh, Will Hardy was like, look, Taylor Hendricks, it's a long way to go. There's a lot of work that needs to be done there with him. Uh, what are the steps that need to be taken with him? What can be done in the near future? What's the long-term future? What What can they work on with him right now? So I would imagine off the floor, you know, skill development and that sort of thing is obviously constantly ongoing. Um, and I, I get there early to watch guys and I watch his workouts and he goes really hard. Um, the Jazz have employed and have done a great job with Sexton uh, this year on recognition, reading recognition, you know, instead of turning the corner and thinking score every time like Collins He's seen the floor probably better than he's ever seen it in my estimation. So I think there's going to be some of that, you know, some recognition things. And then beyond that, man, it's just reps. And, and again, reps come in all shapes and sizes. They're going to, there's going to be really good stints. Like I thought his second stint was pretty good last night. Um, you know, he made a couple of shots, which, which is really good. He, he made a couple off the bounce. But, like, where he needs to totally lock in, and it's like what Will's saying is he is, uh, you know, he's pretty raw in understanding spacing. He's pretty raw in understanding um, defensive spacing because he's 18 or 19 years old and he hasn't played for very long. So he's going to get a crazy amount of uh, data and information this next 20-something games, and it's – you know, one thing I've learned about him and I've heard is he's a pretty good learner. And so it's just a matter right now of like last night, you know, getting dunked on, taking your lumps, uh, making a couple shots, being in the right spot, not being in the right spot and trying to auto correct as fast as you can. You know, that was another thing that uh, I just remembered as I was doing a refresher this morning on some different highlights of that uh, Lakers game last night. Um Anthony Davis is going to do that to a lot of people. You know, he, he's going to make a lot of people, not just Walker Kessler or Lowry or John Collins, but he makes a lot of people look bad. And, Coach, the other thing that I was reminded of when I was going through things again this morning was Anthony Davis is an elite defender. And he was making things miserable. Anytime you get near that restricted area or start working in the paint, Anthony Davis is a high-level defender and and still one of the best players in the league, is he not? Yeah, I mean when he when he locks in, uh, but but he is a freak defensively just because of his size. But then all these years of experience and know-how, you know, he really does understand a lot of the, as I talked about earlier, nuance that that the young guys are trying to learn. I would also add that not having LeBron out there has to feel like uh, like PTO. 
you know, where those guys don't necessarily have to defer to him. They can just play basketball. Uh, so that had to be kind of nice for a bunch of those guys last night. Obviously, Rui had a crazy impressive night, made just about everything. Um, again, defense is going to struggle a little bit as guys figure out where they're supposed to be and how. Tim Lacombe joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, as he does every Thursday at this time. All right, so when you look at Golden State, uh, this is the makeup game for the tragedy and losing, you know, an assistant coach. Um, and everybody's just kind of working their way towards the all-star break. I don't think anybody really wants to be playing tonight. Is it hard to really kind of get a grasp on what to expect in this game tonight? Yeah, Ben and I were talking about that that last night. I I also just read that the Warriors' flight due to some weather got delayed a little bit, so they really didn't get into like three after three o'clock. Um, probably not in the hotel till closer to four. Um, so I, I'm still curious to see what they do. Right? Who are they going to play? Who's not going to play? Um, this has been a crazy week for them, having come out here Tuesday, go back home, have kind of that miserably bad end last night uh jump on a plane i can only imagine how tired they are because i walk around up there i'm telling you all the concession guys that i talk to like i got my old corner up there you know so i go make my rounds and everybody i talk to it doesn't matter if it's an usher or uh somebody at working at j dogs uh you know the producers in the booth people are fatigued so i can't imagine what the players must be feeling like what do you think, uh, what type of energy does Golden State come out with getting in their rooms by 4 o'clock? And, and I don't know how much of that game you caught last night between them and the Clippers coach, but I was able oh, to catch brutal. quite a bit of it. And Clay Thompson made a horrible mistake in, in a really critical moment. And and watching his teammates, the, uh, not just his teammates, but the watching Coach Kerr come on the court and yelling, Clay! Clay and the way they all handled it was pretty awkward. Yeah, um, yeah, that is, it was an interesting uh, play that you fight. They fought so hard to get right back to that spot, and um, you want to just play that out. I, everybody showed frustration again. I think it speaks so much to the fatigue because we're fifty. Most teams fifty-five to fifty-eight games in. Um, and everybody's looking at that the break. You know, everybody stares at that thing for about three weeks. Uh, so, honestly, I I think they're going to be really tired, probably tad bit ornery. My guess is they won't be fully complete. Like, I, I would imagine they may hold somebody out. I don't know that. I haven't read that. But you would just think with the circumstance and the all-star break on its heels, uh, they may just be like, okay, we're going to take a skeleton crew. In fact, call Santa Cruz. Have them bust over here, and we're going to take their guys. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, what are your expectations for the season with the Jazz? I mean, what are reasonable expectations? Can this team realistically still hang in there for a, at least a, you know, a battle for the play-in spot? So, I, I think so. Because, I mean, all you have to do is look at the track record of Coach Hardy. I mean, I think part of the – angst right now is that you know is is probably because of him because he's so good at what he does and he's able to take you know a group of guys and after a little trial and error figure out what's the best way to go ahead and every team's coach is gonna 
at least here, has gone on a nice streak and played really great basketball for the last couple of years. So um, my thought is that it'll probably, just like we've seen, get better a little bit every every game. Um, I think right now, as, as we speak, the Jazz are only a game and a half out of that spot. So, yes, the answer is yes. I think that it would be a thrill if they could figure it out. Um, and if they do, I think they that that would create a ton of excitement. Uh, but but if they don't, you know, I, I they made the right business move. I mean, you can't hold on to expiring deals uh, in this situation. And you have to be really scrappy about assets. And and I think you know it was a really mature move to move off of a couple of guys that like Fontecchio that they probably weren't going to pay what he was going to require and they helped him get that money Detroit wanted him so I think that's where he'll sign for probably 12 to 15 million um, which is a major upgrade and then Ochai they just you know looked at what they had and they liked what they had and they gave him an opportunity and they just felt like he needed to be somewhere else so again this is all people look at it like they have no plan or they're throwing things at the wall no this is all part of it you know there's no way around I mean, there's no magic wand like Hans, you know, talked about in Disneyland or World that you can just, you know, flash at something and say, hey, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, I want a playoff team. Um, but I can tell you that I, I still really like and feel like the moves that are made are, are the right moves and they're prudent. And um, I think in time it'll all pay off. So, Coach, when you kind of belly up to the table for your responsibilities tonight – what specifically are you watching or looking for in in this game tonight against Golden State? Like, I because I, I I know that you take specific ideas or thoughts into games, but what is it tonight that you're looking for? I'm looking for a con, uh, a connection, a lasting connection. You know that we've seen little spurts of it in the in the games. I also want to point out, you know, since the deadline, they have played teams that are pretty well-oiled and pretty veteran. You know, they played the Suns. Uh, they played the Warriors. They got the Lakers last night. So I, I'm looking for them to take a step forward in connection with each other in this new iteration of the team. Uh, you know, and, and part of that's body language. I think it is human to be frustrated. And, you know, when you get going, it's like, uh, you know, you jump in the car, you fill it with all of your family stuff you're in the truckster and you're going to go on vacation and you get five miles from home and the, the youngest little one left their blankie all right and you just i mean you can either just laugh it off or you can be like ah! and get off the freeway and go back i'm usually the guy that screams out loud once or twice just to you know the pain and, and i think in what we're seeing with the jazz right now i think it's a little bit of that they're they were kind of down the road but understand hey things happen. Um, I still believe that the guys are bought in. I don't buy any of the, I, I think there's a difference between frustration and guys throwing their arms up and, and, you know, saying, I give, I don't see that with this team. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL sports zone. As we are uh, hanging out with the coach, Tim Lacombe and uh, coach, we appreciate your time as always. Thanks for hanging out with us. You're the best. Hey, thank you guys. And, um, Go Ags, 3.30 tomorrow, right? Yep. Or 3.30 yep. Saturday in Fort Collins. Yep. Colorado well, State's a good a team. by yourself, man. That's what I used to do. I well, don't that, know if that's I, weird, but you got to do that. 
We were we were just talking about that. Like I just I, I know, don't know I listened to you. I was just I had to get you. Well, I just uh, is that weird? I mean, would you do that if you were on the road and you had some time to kill? Believe me, this guy. When I had time to kill, um, I I would go do things like that. I think it's good for your brain. All right. Well, off we go. I got to find a decent movie to watch then. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. There he is, the coach, Tim Lacombe, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm all by myself, probably going to a movie later here in Fort Collins. Hands, you're back in studio. Dave Nellis is hanging out with you, giving you cookies, giving you Pez, giving you mugs. You're loving life back there, man. It's always great when Dave comes in studio. The times you've been in here, he's been good to you, too, though. Oh, he's been great to me, absolutely. I mean, there was a time you were gone, it was just me and him, and I felt like, wow, this is... This is what it's like to be hands. What it's like to get that love. It's true. Scotty had a kind of a different smile and swagger about him. Yeah, it, it's nice though. You know, Scotty, I I did go out to the uh, ribbon cutting event at the new Eagle Mountain City Center location, and I'd say that was an event too. You had food. We were eating waffles, and there was donuts, and there was all kinds of swag and. What a great event when you get to open up these new locations. Yeah, it was a ton of fun, and we appreciate you coming out there just to kind of see the the vibe and the and the cool feel that we like to present to the community and, and how we celebrate those grand openings. They're, they're fantastic. So if you're out in that Eagle Mountain area, go check out your new America First Credit Union. If you're in Saratoga Springs, you can go see the one that I visited for many, many years to where I started my relationship with America First Credit Union and where things continue to get better for investment. You know, we were talking a little bit about these CDs and your opportunity to make more out of the money that you put into banks. Dave, help people understand what you guys are doing now as an institution. Yeah, at America First, uh, we want to help you with your money and help you and your money do more for you. And some people just don't realize the value they can get out of an interest rate. So rather than just have your money sitting in a savings account or a checking account, which those are lower interest bearing accounts, lock that money up, put it into a certificate of deposit. So there's several ways that you can do that. A certificate of deposit, there's it's a it's a minimum balance or a minimum um, commitment of $500. You could do $1,000, you could do $10,000. But generally, the, the, the rate is going to be based on the term. And right now, a three- to five-month interest rate is 5.5%, and that's leading the market. And so all you do is you put that in there, and you just watch that interest accrue, which is fantastic. You can do all the way up to 60 months, and the rates depend upon what that is. But it's a smart way to save. Don't let your money be lazy. Let your money work for you. The certificate of deposit right now, they're as high as they've been in what 20 years maybe yeah yeah they're great and it's 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 amazing what you can do and so don't yeah like i said don't let your money be lazy let it work for you and and be smart investigate and see where you can you can put your savings if you've got 20 or 30 thousand dollars that's sitting in just a basic savings account you switch that over to cd you grab yourself five and a half percent on a three to five month term and you're doing pretty good with that yeah let me just give you an example hands let's say you have five thousand dollars um and over a five-year period in a certificate of deposit, and let's say that that just has an average of 4% uh, percent interest, which rates are higher, but you'll walk away with about $1,000 more than you would have if it just would have sat there in a low interest-bearing account. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. And, it's free money. And, and, it's and your money. And that's what I love because America First is they're, they're going to help you with some of those decisions, some of those ideas, and you know, giving you the information that you need when you sit down and you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your deposits and your accounts. 
those are the types of suggestions you get. Yeah. Do do more with your money. Yeah. We want to help you do more with your money. And, you know, some people don't have enough money to start out um, a certificate of deposit. And so a dedicated savings is a different way that you can start saving. You can start that out with a zero balance and make a commitment to making regular automatic transfers to that account. Just $10 a month. You can still get the same rates that are on the certificates, but you start out with a zero balance. It teaches you to save. It takes the discipline out of saving. We all know that we have expenses coming up. You could create a Christmas account. You could create a tuition account, new tires, car registration, that vacation. You can lock money away, and you're going to walk away with more money than what you started out Smart. with. Smart. Yeah. Smart. So when you get there, you're not alarmed and without. You've got stuff saved away that's been gaining interest. Yep. It's brilliant stuff. AmericaFirst.com. Get started with America First Credit Union at AmericaFirst.com. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Have you seen the reports that uh, continue to trickle out that San Francisco really had no idea about the rule change in overtime? That's the coach's job. You got to make sure your players understand time, situation, etc. Do you think when the Niners said receive, Andy Reid was like, got him? That's I'm sure what Andy was thinking. Like, okay, they made a mistake. The strategy towards receiving first, because there is some, you can't win the game with a single score in overtime with the new overtime rules. So getting the ball third technically is really where the advantage is so that if you want to excuse the 49ers would be the reason they did it but they didn't know that i think the niners totally blew that super bowl i think they just absolutely gift wrapped it and handed it to the chiefs and i have no clue how shannon uh, still has a gig here jake scott and ben anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the ksl sports zone Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's our Jazz preview show, getting you ready for the Jazz and the Warriors coming up tonight. Jazz should be on the All-Star break, but uh, again, this game had to be moved to this time due to the unfortunate passing of uh, the assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors. So this is, where, this is the makeup game for that game that should have taken place several weeks ago. Uh, but Hans, I know a lot of people ready to go, ready, and uh, we'll be going to this game tonight. And I just, you know, look, there's a lot of reasons why the Jazz could not play well tonight. There's a lot of reasons why Golden State may not play well tonight. Who knows what kind of lineup they'll trot out? Who knows what they'll look like coming off that game against Golden State? But you feel like you're going to get a good effort from the Warriors in this one. I actually do because Golden State is sitting in the 10th spot. And I I do believe that this team wants to find their way at least at a minimum into that play-in and have an opportunity to lock in a seed and get themselves going in the postseason because they're spending so much stinking money. They are spending so much money, and it's like, okay, we're going to spend all this, not even going to be able to get a little squeeze, a little juice out of all of this with the amount we're, we're putting out there. So I think that they're committed, and I think they had that nice little win streak going, and they probably want to have some good feelings going into All-Star Weekend. So my guess is whether they sit a couple of guys or not, the guys that do play, you're going to have those dudes that are sitting like, do not lose this one. You go in and you get this win against the Jazz, do not let them get a game closer to jumping back into that 10 seed. 
So I think there's that as a motivation. And, Scotty, I think the other motivation for Golden State right now, the, the West is a really weird place. You know, in what world would the Minnesota Timberwolves have the one seed and the best record in the West? In what world are the Lakers led by LeBron and the Warriors led by Steph Curry, the 9 and 10? If there weren't a play-in tournament, we'd be looking at both of those teams on the outside of the top eight seeds in the West looking in. But right now, you've got a really strange scenario where Golden State would play the Dallas Mavericks in a play-in tournament scenario. If they got the win, they would get an opportunity for another game to play into that, that, that top eight seed. And that would put the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game matchup against the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And let me tell you, I'd be pretty motivated if I'm Steph, if I'm Draymond, if I'm Clay. I'd be pretty motivated thinking, all right, Minnesota, let's see how geared up and ready you are for postseason play. Because, Scotty, I think anything could happen in that 1-8 seed. Oh, I do too. And and it's funny because, you know, we talked to uh, Monty Poole earlier in the show, and he said – Look, you know, I don't think anybody reasonably thinks Golden State can win another title, but can they win four games against anybody in a seven-game series? Yeah, you absolutely. Bet. And if you're Minnesota, you're like, you got to be kidding me. Like, we busted our butt all season long. We got the one seed, and we got to face these dudes. We got to face Steph in the first round. What, you know, what what kind of justice is that, oh. for crying out loud? And and it is a very real, real possibility. Oh, it is a very real possibility. And the other thing that Golden State has really going for them, just with Steph Curry and his stroke right now, he is definitely finding his stride. I mentioned this stat earlier in the show, and it's one that you circle and take to the, the, water, uh, the water cooler. He just set a record it's the first time in nba history four consecutive games with seven or more made threes he made nine threes against the clippers last night ended up with 41 or 42 points and was just unstoppable from the perimeter and by the way the jazz fans are very aware of this because he uh he had a nice little run in the fourth quarter against the jazz the other night couldn't hit a mm-hmm. bucket to start but got hot late in that game so clay Ta- or sorry Steph Curry is is really finding that shot right now, and that's good news for Golden State, and it's bad news for the Utah Jazz, unless they just do decide to rest him. But, but Scotty, don't you feel like every win is extremely important to Golden State right now? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and every game's important for the Jazz, too, because, you know, even though they're on a little bit of a slide right now, um, you know, it's it, it, it still comes down to the fact that they're still in this thing. I mean, they're look as as much as there might be a little bit of a dark cloud ahead of the Jazz right now. They are still very much in this thing, and have opportunities to get to where they need to be. And and while you know it it may look a little bleak right now, you beat Golden State. You're two games under 500 going into the All Star break, but you've got another win against the Warriors, and then rest up, relax. And then get ready for the stretch run because they could very well keep stay in this thing. So just to kind of emphasize that a little bit more, even even going a little further further, Scotty. Right now, the Utah Jazz are the basement in in cap pay right now. They're at 132 million. Um, they're just below the Orlando Magic, so they're sitting in the 30 spot, 132 million. Just to emphasize the importance. 
for Golden State. Golden State is at $208 million. They are, what? what is that, $40 million over the luxury? And yeah. they're in the repeater tax? Oh, yeah. Yep. So we're looking at a Golden State team just kind of lobbing a guess out there that's somewhere in the $315, 320000000 million payout range. Golden State is dumping money into these players and into this season, and at the very minimum, they want that play in. And also, I just want to point out that there are players on this team that are still playing for for contract situations. Now, Steph is locked up to through the twenty six through the twenty five twenty six season. Draymond Green is locked up through the twenty five twenty six season. Andrew Wiggins through the twenty five twenty six season. But Clay Thompson is in a uh, contract year. His contract expires after this season. So he's trying to make some money. Gary Payton is trying to make some money. You know, there there are guys that are trying to push to make money for Golden State. So, yeah, I, I fully expect a, a full-time effort and a big show, and guys are feeling pretty good. And I, and I think that they can see a break on the horizon and definitely want to win going into that All-Star weekend. Yeah. No, I, I could see – I could see Golden State coming out and just putting the clamps on the Jazz. I could see him coming out uninterested, but I, I'd lean more towards your thoughts on this. I, I think you're right. I think that they see where they're at. I think they see the landscape. I think that they don't want to be embarrassed. Um, they want to earn some good momentum going into that all-star break. I think you'll get Golden State's best shot tonight. Yep. I do. And, uh, by the way, there was a little bit of a concern about Draymond Green and a concussion in that game against the Clippers uh, he cleared all protocols. So if he does, go, I mean, now whether or not he goes tonight, you know, it could be a rest situation. I doubt it. But but as far as the concussion goes, he is cleared and, and ready to go in this game if he so desires. All right. One final segment coming up next, and we'll hand the reins on over to JJ and Alex next. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. I was just telling Jake when I got on that you guys are usually in a better mood towards the end of the show, you know. And <laughs> I remember when I was a younger coach doing the early morning parts, you guys a little bit more ornery, especially PK, you know. So I'm, I'm glad to be on the prime spot with you guys, and I'm going to enjoy this interview. Oh, he's giving me up. I've already enjoyed the interview. I think Kalani's work here is done. I just mentioned that earlier this week, and PK lost his mind. I am not. But that was back then. The point I'm making because I can be just as crotchety now. No, I think you're in a bad mood now because it's not golf weather right now. But if, <laughs> as soon as the weather picks up and moves on, we can open the golf courses. Movie will get PK at his best. This guy knows me. He's, he's dropping truth bombs left and right here. This is Kalani's psychological profile of PK. Spot on. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You're locked on to Hans Solson and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Standing here beside you. Want 
Cousins, Scotty, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday, everybody. JJ and Alex coming up next. And you know what? We, um, we're the station of giving. We want to hook you up. We want to make sure you're squared away. So right now, caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. They will receive a family four-pack of tickets to the Utah RV Show at Mountain America Expo Center February 15th through the 18th. You want those tickets? It's going on right now. Caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. And you can go see an RV that Lloyd claims can fit 150 people in it. Man, for just a second, I thought you were giving away a family four-pack to go see Bill Burr. And I was like, well, <laughs> maybe to a buddy four-pack. How about that? Just you and the buddies four-pack. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You can give a four-pack to the RV show. Get out there and go see those RVs. But it's a family five-pack. Lloyd, I, did I say four? We're giving away five tickets. Oh, is it five? Yeah. Hey, Lloyd, did you say you, you had 30, how many people in that RV? 36? Mijo Familia. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. We, fat, we fit them all in there. Yep. Oh, man, one of my favorite moments. Lloyd They're on like, site saying, you can fit 38 people in here. And it was goes, huge. It's made for two. It was huge. I'm like, so how many people do you sleep with? It's like two. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Apparently, it's luxury. I mean, it's, it's, only meant for, for it's only meant for a, an old couple. It's a pup tent. <laughs> they like to have a lot of space. Lloyd thought it was one of those clown cars that, you know, people just kept coming out of. It was huge. 18 clowns climbing out of a car. I don't know what type of RV and you like to do, Lloyd, but I like to have a little elbow room, man. I like to <laughs> spread it out a little bit, feel comfortable. But Oh, no. man. 801-575 zone claim those tickets let's get you uh let's get you squared away should be a lot of fun um all right hands jazz warriors paint the picture what happens tonight what do you think the uh final final score in this bad boy is well first of all i think it's going to be entertaining i think it's going to be really entertaining i was just watching a, a quick clip that's on instagram that the utah jazz put out and it was that beautiful assist from Keontae george top of the Oh, no, just past half court, and he fired it over to Hendricks, the other rookie, and Hendricks knocked down a three, and it was really pretty. Like, I want to see those guys continue to have nice moments where they look good together and they look good as rookies, but I think Golden State comes out and shows that this one's important and that this season's important and that going into All-Star Week with a little bit of momentum is important and that getting the, the awful stink of what happened last night to the Clippers – off of them because I'm sure that Clay Thompson's embarrassed. I'm sure Steve Kerr's embarrassed. Yeah. It was it was a really bad look for those of you that didn't get a chance to watch it. It was a bad look. You get within a possession and Clay Thompson doesn't know what the score is, and he goes ahead and, and grabs the foul, makes it a two score possession when they're trying to play out for the last shot. And Coach Kerr came out of the court and he's yelling Clay, and you've got three or four other Golden State Warriors that are grabbing their head, looking at him like, what did you just do? It's like, how many years have you been playing in this league, man? Why would you make a mistake like that against the Clippers? And as Monte talked about that we had on earlier, he he was pointing out that the Clippers earlier in the season with a 20-point lead, and or, or sorry, Golden State with a 20-point lead, and the Clippers coming back, and then again last night, 15-point lead, and the Clippers coming back. It's a long-standing back and forth between those two and losing to them. So, Scotty, I think that there's a lot of anger uh, and a lot of ugly that they're going to try to shake off tonight, and I expect Golden State to win. Now, watch yeah. watch the Jazz win by 12. Well, considering uh, my predictions, I'm going to say Golden State wins by 20. 
and uh, that pretty much ensures you the Jazz will get a W tonight. How about that? Jazz That's get, my part. Jazz get off this losing streak. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, one more hit with our good friend Dave Nellis in studio as uh, the Jazz get set for the Warriors and you get set for getting all kinds of great savings and opportunities. You know, and Dave, you, you know, when you and I were hanging out back in the good old days and uh, you were telling me about, you know, and you mentioned this on your last uh, our last conversation, but. You know, set up a Christmas fund, set up a, a new tire fund. You know, you can, there's no limited, these little accounts that you can have that, you know, these, these savings account where it can just come right out of your direct deposit from your check you get from work. You'll never miss it. And then all of a sudden when that emergency strikes or you need that extra money for Christmas, it's there and it's not a blow to you financially. Yeah, that dedicated savings, Scotty, is probably my favorite product because it takes the discipline out of saving you get better interest rates, and you know that you're going to have those expenses coming up, and you can plan for it. And they're brilliant. I've got a bunch of them. And I, and I love to share the idea and the education with others so they can get in on the goods, too. Uh, just for the sake of painting a picture for people, let's say you want a family vacation, and you know that it's going to be coming in six months, eight months. You start putting $100 in. It grabs a certain amount of interest. It shows growth. Let's say it's a year away. And it, and it shows growth and you get there with some free money, you get there with your money and all of it was just kind of done on its own. I mean, it's a pretty cool service that you guys offer. That's the whole idea because rather than just let it sit there in savings, put your money to work. We want to help you and, and your money do more for you. You can check out AmericaFirst.com and see how you can activate that and get rolling in it. You can find the location near you. They've got a location finder that makes it really easy. And just remember, America First, if you've been listening to Dave throughout the three hours today, so many great things that America First is doing for our communities. The Cookies with Rookies was fantastic. It's a lot of fun. So cool. The RSL joint adventure trying to make up for a bunch of thieves that are going to burn. You know, when you when you steal from charity, you're going to burn. You're hurting kids, and yeah. that's not good. Yeah, it's it's a bad look for you. But somebody broke into a warehouse and stole a bunch of stuff and you joined up with RSL and you guys you were able to to how many pairs of shoes did you say? We donated 650 pairs of shoes. Think about that. 650 pairs of shoes. That's helpful for kids who just don't have the funds or the means to, 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 to put shoes on their feet. And I know RSL stepped up as well. Yeah, and, great and, partners. And made it a fantastic event. So America First Credit Union, they're not just a, a building and a financial institution. They're a major part of this community. And we love you for it, Dave. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate that. And like, thanks for letting us um, come on the show and share the good news. Get started at AmericaFirst.com. Dave's the best. America first, the best as well. JJ and Alex coming up next. They're live at the RV show. We'll be back with you for a Friday edition of the show coming up tomorrow. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.